Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip, that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. What's up, wrestling fans? We are... Are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 108. My name is Brandon Ooh. Olinger. As always, joining me, my man, your man, the number one fan man, Ben the Law Watson. Hype him up, Ben. Money on the mic. M- m- money on the mic. What's going on, man? Oh, I don't know. You got some money on that mic? Yeah. I tell you what, I just watched um, 8 Mile the other weekend, and I got like pumped up because I had a mic up here, so I started like freestyling. And you think and, like, you're B-Rabbit? Yeah, I'm looking you, in the mirror and like actually like, going to take people down. Hood, yeah. sweater, <laughs> yeah, mom, spaghetti, was, whatever. I, I forgot how great that movie is. It's a good movie. It's actually it's really good. good. Cheddar Bob. Oh, Cheddar Bob shoot himself in the leg. <laughs> What's going on, my man? <laughs> I don't know. But... <laughs> Cheddar Bob reminds me of you, man. Oh, <laughs> it does. Shut up, MC Bob. If you had a gun in your pocket, you would definitely shoot yourself in the leg. I know you My would. My rapper name's MC Bob. MC Bob? That's what he says, MC Bob. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, Master uh, Bill Silverado on the, the microphone. Right. Uh, not much, man. What's up, dude? New Year, right? New Year, same shit, baby. New Year, same shit. Second. I guess this is officially the second half of the college wrestling season. Yeah. We're, we're in Big Ten wrestling season and like... Uh, there's more uh, than the Big Ten, you know that. No, right? I was just about to get into that. We're in we're into basically conference dual meet season. Absolutely. Um, and I love this part of the year because you get to see, you get some great matchups. It's a little easier to follow in terms of okay, sit down. I got a bunch of duels I need to watch rather than trying to figure out which you know in tournaments and who's going to hit when and what. So I really enjoy this time of year. This is the time of year where you just kind of settle in and really let the landscape kind of develop to see who are going to be the players at the end of the year and i'm pumped about that i i i I can't disagree with anything you just said there and again man we've said this so much like this year's college wrestling season is just it's okay it's crazy but it's 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 weird like doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense it's like typically in years past you know you have an idea who the top guy is at every weight. You know who the top team is, basically. And this year, there's just so much stuff going on. And you got it's like A beats B, B beats C, C beats A. Who's number one? Who's number two? A lot of All parody. that good stuff. A lot, perfect. A lot perfect choice of, of parody words. this year, and and it truly is, I think, more parody than normal because I don't remember sitting around in the last couple of years when we've done this podcast and saying there's this seeing this much parody. So um, I like it though. Oh, I, I do. I, like I love it. it. I it, like it. It's a head scratcher. And, and what it makes me do is I really enjoy going through each weight class and saying, man, not, cause sometimes there are some favorites at weights, right? You of know, course, of course. But like at 184 and we'll get to this maybe a little bit later, but I'm like, okay, obviously after the heat, who the hell is number two and who the hell is number eight? Like, I mean, there's just so many people, people are beating everybody. Um, so I, I really I, like that. And you're seeing that look, in years past, we, we saw that at maybe one or two weights. This year, you're seeing it at a lot of weights. Like you said, 184. How about 197? Who's going to come out on top at 149? What's right. going to happen at 141? I mean, all oh, yeah. that stuff. I mean, there's there's so much going on here, and it's 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 extremely exciting. And we'll get to all this in a second. Um, real quick, how was your New Year's Eve, man? Terrible. 
Oh, you were sick. <laughs> it was the worst New Year's Eve of my life. <coughs> Excuse me, and you, as you can tell, I've never been more sick in my entire life. I woke up on um, uh, uh, December 30th, and we, we headed up to my, my wife's parents' um, place up in Ashtabula, and I slept the entire ride. And when I got there, I, I was in bed for 65 of 72 hours. Didn't move, constantly sweating. I'm pretty sure I had the flu, along with bronchitis, ear infection, and um, a sinus infection. I don't want anybody to feel the way that I felt. This was more than a man cold. I'm, was, quite, I'm really questioning whether I need to be here with you. I've, I've been on a huge course of antibiotics. I finished them a couple of days ago, and I'm still, this cough is lingering. I feel fine, but the cough is still lingering. you got master's allergies. <laughs> Inside joke, I'm kidding. Good. Eat a bag of shit. Well, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, what, my New Year's Eve was yeah, good? We had a good it, New Year's. It, we Sorry. had a good New Year's. So we... Uh, Look, my wife and I, we love to go out and just get wild, you know, go out, but party wild. at the bars, all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to New Year's Eve, we love to bring the New Year's Eve in with the kids. My daughter, she gets super pumped about it. Um, so this year, we basically just hosted some uh, some of our friends who got kids. They came over to our house. All the adults drank. The kids played. We had a good time. Um, apparently. Kids might have drank, too. I think I embarrassed my wife. So apparently, um, I, I, I was pretty liquored up, I guess. Um, and my daughter's <laughs> Girl Scout troop leader, uh, Scuba Steve, was there. And uh, I, I told him the truth about the first camping trip two years ago. So two years ago, we did this Girl Scout camping trip. Like, and they started I remember. You just in his this. backyard. They wanted to do this in the, in the backyard to see how the girls would do. So they needed volunteers. Well, I volunteered because, for one, my daughter was going to be there, and you know, I don't know who these weirdos are that Who's, might be. Who the hell yeah. is this Scuba Steve guy? I don't like him. Oh, he's cool. Scuba Steve's cool, but right, not everybody cool. is, you know. Like well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, dude, it's the summertime. It's a camp out in a backyard of some dude's house, and I'm like, I need beer. I need beer bad. So uh, I text my wife, and I'm like, hey, I left my, uh, my hatch unlocked in my car out on the street. Why don't you go uh, put some Coors Lights in one of those coolers, put some ice in it, put it in the back of my hatch for me? Yeah. And she did. And so, because uh, your wife's a freaking saint, she's yeah. awesome. So uh, I keep sneaking out, to, you know, to the street, grabbing a beer, putting it in my Yeti. I'm sitting there, you know, just drinking beers, enjoying myself, watching the kids, whatever, making sure my daughter's all right. And <laughs> I told him, I said, I'm telling him the story, and I was like, yeah. And at one point, when the kids went to bed, you're standing around the campfire with us, and you're like, it just doesn't feel right to be around the campfire without a beer in my hand. And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> my wife was mortified. And the whole time she's hitting me. Oh, because you told him the story? Yeah, she's hitting me. She's smacking me in the leg. And I was like, oh, Jolie, she's, she's telling me to stop right now. Anywho, I'm sure Steve was fine with it. No, uh, he said, let's just pretend I didn't hear that. Oh, really? Yeah. I told him, look, I'm not an official Girl Scout dude. I was just a dad making sure his daughter was okay <laughs> right, there. Right. Who cares? It's a freaking couple beers. It's I'm just like camping out in your backyard. It's not like you're vomiting in front of them. No, you're no. You're doing it behind them. Exactly. Exactly. I went inside to do that. Well, well I'm glad uh, your New Year's went well, it man. It went well, man. I was ready to, uh, honestly, I was ready to just tell 2019 to fuck off. I know. Get the hell out. I know. I actually so. didn't have a terrible 2019, but 2020, we'll see what happens with that. Mine was awful. You know what, 2020? Oh, it's going to be good, because I got 2020 <laughs> vision, baby. Yeah. Right. I see a good year ahead of me. That's stupid. You know, you're stupid. Uh, episode 108, though, by yeah, the way. Yeah, episode 108. And as I said, it's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. You guys, by now, know where to find us. All that Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, The Inside Trip. On Twitter, it's the inside, at The Inside Trip 1. Send us an email to theinsidetrip1 at gmail.com. Um, by the way, I got a fantastic email from one of our listeners who just happens to be local and knows my son. Uh, Mr. Hedges, Kenny, I appreciate that email. Yeah, that was That a was an email. amazing email. I actually showed it to my son. I told him how proud I was to get that from him or from you about him. So I really do appreciate that. Kenny Hedges is an awesome dude. 
you know, yes. And he's been a longtime listener. And honestly, when I got that email, I was just like, wow, I needed that. So thank you very much. Um, that was really that was really nice for him to do that. We don't we don't get and we don't need to get too much into it, but that, we don't get we don't hear that. Often. No, we get a lot of hate mail. Yeah, but I mean to hear, and this wasn't even about our podcast. This was about how your son represents himself in front of adults and how he's a a good human, and um, you know how although he, you know he, he's impressed with his wrestling and the way that he's getting better as a wrestler, but he's even more impressed by the way that he um, commands himself yeah. outside of it. So that's a that that's something that it warmed my heart a little bit just because I know Dom. So. Dude, and honestly, man, it's like I know we're getting off a little bit here, but like as parents. You don't know this. You got a dog, and uh, you know it, he's it's a pain in the, the ass. Same. By the way, your dog's it's awful. It's <laughs> awful. Um, but you know, as parents, we get so uh, we get blinders on, and sometimes all you think about is the stupid shit that your kids do, and, and it's, you got to stop and be like, you know what? Yes, my teenager is a pain in the ass in the house. You know, he's a typical teenager, but all you know, when, when all you ever hear from people outside is how well, he, how respectful he is in their homes, and how well he treats people, and all this kind of stuff, it's like we need to hear that because it's like you know what. You know, maybe I'll let you live another day. Right. Well, I've told you that. Dom has always been extremely respectful when he's been around me, and I probably don't even deserve it, but he's been really great. Uh, we hung out that entire NCAA tournament two years ago, and he was just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he really kept a good eye on you. He was babysitting sure he was me. He's babysitting you. No, oh. he, he did great, man. He really enjoyed it, too. I, 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 I'm looking forward to more trips with, with him. Um, so that's awesome, man. And by the way, I will say this. So our alma mater, uh, Kettering Fairmont, yeah. led by the, uh, the honorable – Legendary, fearless. Dare I say? That's all I got for you, man. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> Frank Baxter um, for Kettering Fairmont. They had the Battle of Forty Eight recently yep. against Centerville High School, where my son goes to school now. And uh, Fairmont, they won the last two years. They lost this year, but my boy wrestled that night. You know, he just came back from injury a week ago, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, buddy, buddy, he hit this sweet. Double leg, lifted the kid up in the air, straight down, turked the leg. Oh, nice. Went straight to a power half. They go out of bounds, restart, cracks him down, turns him over, gets the stick. Really? My man. Nice, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you, yeah. Dom. Anyway. I think you're talking about me. I'm like, I didn't do shit. No, nah, I know. Um, again, again, as for the podcast, look, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Go out there, find it, subscribe to it, download, listen to us. And if you like it, you know, feel free to give us a rate and a review um, or just an email. And as a lot of people have been doing lately, feel free to keep uh, sending us direct messages and emails telling, telling us the stuff that we get wrong. We really do appreciate That's that. That's my favorite. By the way, I'm sorry. Max Thompson, Alex Thompson are not related. I find it hard to believe that. You said it that last time. I find it hard to believe that. It, I got well, somebody hit me up again about it. Uh, <laughs> I find it hard to believe that in a state like Iowa, two kids with the last name Thompson are not related. I'm pretty sure they are. I, 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 you, I know. I don't even care if one of them has a P in their name. I don't think they do. But. They don't. It's something same. <laughs> All right, All right. Well, we obviously are really excited to talk Let's, about wrestling because we... Oh, you want to talk to some wrestling? Well, I just don't care so much about the other crap. We don't have any t-shirts to say at the moment. Maybe we will, I don't know, at some point in our lives. Oh, you don't care about all that stuff I just said about my boy? Oh, I care about that. Yeah, I meant yeah. like about like where you can find us on Facebook. Can we talk Buckeyes? All right. Let's talk some Buckeyes. We I, haven't done this, this in a while. This is going to be a Jekyll and Hyde for me right here. Honestly, well, it's not going to be a Jekyll and Hyde for me. I mean, I'm just going to... I've been saying this this year, you know, at least off the microphone... But I think it's about time that we spend a few minutes talking about Ohio State because I'm going to be honest with you, Ben. Um, as much as I've enjoyed rooting for them the past, what, 10 years, 10, 20 years. 
Yeah, I, mean, I don't like. I don't games. like the direction the program is going right now. I really don't like it, and I'm starting to question things. You say that, but then they just beat Arizona State in a dual meet. Well, congrats, you the, beat Arizona State, the team that is, is not a bad team at all. That I know beat a banged up Penn State team, but still ended the 60 match win streak from Penn State, a legitimate team that's got trophy contention aspirations, and they beat them 17 to 16 with some really nice. Matches where they, where they kind of really stepped up in a couple matches, um, but that's not what I'm talking about. Ben. I get what you're I, I, saying. I'm not talking I mean, about. I'm talking about the direction of the program as a whole. I would like what we're seeing. Me. Talk to me about it. All right, let's just start it out with this. I don't like the way Tom Ryan manages red shirts. Yeah. Okay. Point blank, and we've talked about this before. I don't think it was a great idea to bring. Malik Heinzelman out of redshirt last year, and I think we're seeing that this year. Okay, we're seeing what happened. He did not develop last year because he spent the rest of the season basically getting his butt whipped on minus a, minus a few matches. I think pulling Jordan Decatur out of redshirt was a mistake, it's especially when you're going to make him, as Tom Ryan said, like it was a badge of honor, cut 14 pounds to make 133. There's no development in that. So, Tom Ryan... The year, the year after, um, Tom Ryan got a elite recruiting class, right, with NATO and Bo Jordan, and I think they got Kyle Snedder the year after. They wrestled Kyle Snedder right away, but they mm-hmm. redshirted NATO. They redshirted Bo Jordan. They redshirted some other guys that were— There was somebody else in that class, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. I, I, I'm, it was like I'm, the big three. I can't Yeah, remember. I'm, I'm not—it's I'm not, uh, not coming to my head. But they redshirted him because they knew 15 was going to be a year that they could go after it. That was smart. That was really smart. Since then, we've not seen that same type of intelligent redshirting, and that concerns me. I don't know why they pulled Malik Heinzelman out of redshirt last year. I mean, I get the, I get the kind of the thought process of wrestle the best guy because you don't know how many years you're going to have them. Of course, we've said that but multiple times. But if it's times, going to do a detriment to the individual, that's a problem. Look, Malik Heinzelman got worse this year, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Malik last year— 24 and 11 with a win at the NCAA tournament. I know a lot of those wins were at open competition. And while he was in redshirt. Yeah, but it doesn't look like he can beat anyone at the moment. Listen to a couple of his wins last year Alex McCall, DiAgostino from Northwestern, mm-hmm. Elijah Oliver, Pat McKee. Mm-hmm. Those are four wins right, here, right now that. I'm guessing he would get majored by those guys right now. Okay, so he beat four of those dudes last year, and those are four guys who are formidable, if not ha- one of those guys that's been all American this year. Guys that are capable of all American this year. Do I think Malik Heinzelman's capable of all American this year? No, I don't. But here's the thing: so what happened? So you're leading into another thing I want to talk about besides the mismanagement of development. Richards and bef- development, exactly. But I don't want to go there just yet. Okay, Malik Heinzelman, I get it. Last year. 125 has been a pain in the ass since NATO either went up to 133 or graduated. I mean, right? And even before that, it was a weight class that they, they really struggled. It's a hard weight class a hard to weight, recruit. Especially because you can't guarantee guys are going to be four years at 125. They grow. It's, it's extremely difficult. But, Ben, I'm going to tell you right now. I really believe that pulling Jordan Decatur's red shirt – to compete at 133 and cut that much weight when you are not in contention for the national the team title this year and you got a guy like Kuntz who can come in and win some matches and 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 scrap and at least you know look at least formidable, formidable all right he's going to go out there and he's going to give it a fight 
You take a Maybe guy. Maybe a chance to be an NCAA qualifier, fringe NCAA sure. qualifier type. I mean, he'll have like a, one of those 500 records that qualifies. But that happens a lot. But you take a guy like Jordan Decatur, who was a super recruit. This guy, three-time Fargo champ, three-time state champ in Ohio. He was a world team member, four-time Ironman placer. This dude is amazing on his feet. He can go toe-to-toe with almost anyone in the country on his feet when he has the explosiveness and the energy to do so. But we know he's always struggled with a few things. One, weight. Two, gas tank. And three, mat wrestling. And for you to pull him out this year and make him make that weight, you are hindering his development 100%. Well, one and two are the same thing, right? Weight and gas tank. I think, to, to me, a lot of the a lot of a lot of the fact of when you're cutting this extreme amount of weight, your gas tank's going to suffer. For most people, I mean, there's some guys that just have a bad gas tank. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's some dudes that are just terrible. Um, um, what the hell was Tom Ryan thinking? Nothing indicators early season results makes me think. Yeah, let's pull this guy who missed weight twice out of red shirt. I'm aware, Brandon, like you said, he's a blue chip recruit, but we've both seen him live many times and we kn- in, in high school, and we know he has deficiencies. Cutting a ton of weight in the Big Ten grind is not a way to build confidence in a guy who isn't ready. And I can't help but wonder if, and I'm going back to Malik, if pulling Malik's red shirt last year put him in an area where he lacks so much confidence that he's just not capable Bingo. of functioning right Bingo. now. They should use – look, for one, what was the thing with Malik last year? One, he's completely undersized, and he was a little one-dimensional on his offense. He's got a great carry, but he's undersized. Struggle to get out. He I gets mean, eaten alive by guys here. on top of him. So why not use his red shirt last year to let him get bigger, develop better mat skills, and develop you know, a, a multi-dimensional offense? Jordan uh, Decatur's the same, the same thing. Look, here's a guy that – it's been known that he's missed weight at 133 twice this year already. Yeah, so why would you pull why him would you out pull of red shirt? Why would you pull him what out of red shirt? What does that do? Well, I mean, I'm asking, what does that do yeah. for this team and right now? And it's not like when he missed weight at 141, he went out and blew the doors off. He lost like 11-3 to to Evan Cheek, who is a formidable, a one, good wrestler. Is a formidable 141 pounder. But if you want All-American, Decatur then you probably at least be, you got to at least be competing with those guys at 141. Amen. Amen. And, and for him to cut 14 pounds... You're you're taking away everything that he's every every everything that he's good at doing requires explosiveness and an ability to go through um, a match for seven minutes. He looks like right now when I watch him against Sammy Alvarez, really good wrestler by the way, but not like I'm not penciling that guy in to be an All American. He looked like he had two goes in him. Yep. And nope. after he had those two scrambles and two goes. He was sucking wind. He looked like he was cramping out there. There was issues. He wouldn't engage in the hand fight. Alvarez picked him apart. And I guarantee if you go back, Sammy Alvarez is a true freshman. True freshman. That's if what I was If you go say. back and look at who was a big, bigger recruit, Sammy Alvarez, who was a big recruit, or Jordan Decatur, every damn college coach in the country is probably going to take Decatur over Alvarez. And Ben. And Alvarez just put it he to did. him. He did. And Ben, listen, <clears throat> I, I can be okay with a loss to Alvarez. Look, Alvarez. Is having a great season, regardless of being a true freshman or not. Um, what he just won? What the scuffle? Just won the yeah, scuffle. just won the scuffle, and I get it. Look, he hasn't the, lost in a long time. The scuffle is not what it used to be. I mean, when you he look beat at, Mickey Philippi and Cam Sakura, though, exactly. Those are great wins. Well, the Mickey Philippi is a great win. Cam Sakura, you know, that, that just goes goes to show how weak weight classes are this year. If he's yeah, in the top great, ten, man. okay. I, I'm not. It's not a knock on Cam Sakura, but in any other year, one thirty three is extremely deep. Um, but regardless of all that, Jordan Decatur should be 
much better than a five-point deficit to Sammy Alvarez this year. He should be beating him. I, like I said, I'm okay with a loss because Sammy Alvarez is coming on. He's hot. All right, I'm he's sure looking I am good. Okay with you know, it. Jordan Decatur, he ain't beating Mickey Phillippe. Right. If 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 Decatur's not beating Sammy Alvarez, why are you pulling him? Because what that's saying is that he's Alvarez is a fringe All American, in my opinion, like a round of twelve type guy, fringe All American. If Decatur's getting worked worked by him, that means Decatur's nothing better than a national qualifier, which is means you're a great wrestler, but what's the purpose of pulling his red shirt to get him to be a national qualifier when he could potentially work on some other things, find a better weight class for himself next year, and go on to potentially contend for four All-American statuses? And that's what I don't get. Look, Sammy Alvarez is ranked like 11th by Flo right now. I think he's ranked 9th by the open mat. So this is a guy, even though he won the scuffle and he's meeting, you know, got a couple of great wins under his Took belt. Took some early season know, losses. Exactly. You know, and, and he's a true freshman. I expect more from Jordan Decatur, so I don't understand it. I don't like the management of, of the red shirts, and that, that concerns me for the future of the program. Additionally, you brought this up, and I think this is the one that really gets me. The development. The, 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 the development of these, not only the mid-level recruits, but even the elite recruits, it absolutely concerns me. Where is the development? Because... Let's 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 talk about some of some of our recent big recruits that struggle to develop. You know, right oh, now. Oh, we've got them on the team right now. Tell me about them. So, one forty nine, Sammy Sasso. That's one where they did redshirt him, and it's funny because he could have easily started last year at fifty seven. Didn't he wrestle fifty seven in redshirt or was it forty nine? No, he wrestled forty nine. Forty nine. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. But he could have came out, or no? Yeah, he could have came out. Correct. Fifty seven. I'm guessing he probably could have beat Keyshawn Hayes. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but Keyshawn didn't have a great Would have gave him a battle. Last year. So, but, Tom, but Tom decides, we're going to keep Sasso in red shirt. Hey, that's actually a smart play. But then Sasso comes out, and look, I'm not going to get into extremely whether I believe Sasso has been a bit underwhelming since the Mich- Michigan State tournament, you know, or the Open. He did finish second at the Cliff Keen Las Vegas, and he will continue to improve. But I tell you one thing, he certainly doesn't look – I thought he looked better last year at Midlands when he won it. Or not won it, excuse me, when he he, took third, right? He took third after losing first round to Corey Teamer. Beat Teamer and beat Pantaleo. He beat Pantaleo and he beat um, um, Lugo and he beat uh, Teamer and the Rustbacks. He lost to Teamer. Teamer Teamer beat him on the front side. I thought he got Teamer in the front Teamer ended up losing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But what I'm saying is, I'm not saying Pantaleo's, or excuse me, Sasso's regressed, but I'm not sure there's been that big of a jump. There hasn't been that big of a jump. Now well, you you need that, but now okay, let's look at let's look at some of the Penn State guys. But hold on, of recent years that had really nice red shirt years, and then they came out and they were just beat. Nolf had a nice red shirt year, a Sasso like red. I think Nolf had one loss in his yeah. red shirt, right? To right. Gant, maybe. Yeah. I think it was Gant. Yeah, Sass- Now Nolf had a nice red shirt year, mm-hmm. and then he went came out and beat Imar. Okay, and had a great year. So, Sasso had a nice red shirt year. He comes out down. and he's. Lost, got pinned by Brent Moore, and he lost to Brayton Lee bad. But okay, so let's let's back. Up. That's that's why I wanted to back up a second. I'm with you on the Sasso. What we're saying because Sammy, in my opinion, has not taken the jump from the eyeball test that I expected him to. He just, there's test. just something that d- doesn't look like man. This dude is gonna be the man right now at this weight class because that 
what we saw earlier in the year when he looked really good. He went out there. He had some nice wins. Um, you know, he just dominated Canaan Store at the MSU Open. Uh, made he had another nice Nate Limix looked really bad. Um, you know, it, it, we were like, okay, this dude's looking okay. He's looking really, yeah. really good. But he's fourteen and two. He's got yeah. two losses. All right, he got pinned by Brent Moore, and I don't want to say it was caught. I don't ever want to say anybody got caught, right. but it was it was a funky he, situation he that put on his back. Like eight to one, or he eight did. To zero. You know, his other loss is against Brayton Lee. Brayton Lee just seems to be his kryptonite right now. He got him for the junior world team spot. But he uh, whipped him. I know the match wasn't, the score wasn't that bad, but he whipped him. It was six to, six to four, but he dominated. You, you're right, you're right. Now, so he went out, he pinned Griffin Perriott. He made, that was a nice He win. made Josh Maruka look really bad, beat him 10 to three. But from the eyeball test, I'm just, I, I, I don't feel that confident yet. You know, and I don't know why. I was penciling him in to be like a, a finalist, and I don't, I don't see that right now. Do you think lately he's looked a little sucked out? You think he's cutting some weight? He doesn't look that big though at forty nine. I'm not saying he looks small, but he doesn't look like a. There's bigger forty nines. There's bigger forty nines out there than him. Sure. I mean, I just don't. I not don't, everybody handles weight cutting the same way. Sure, and not and everybody's body looks a little different. Absolutely, some look huge that just are not. Some guys don't look huge, but they are. It could be. It could be, but I mean, if it was that big of a deal, why wouldn't he just go fifty seven? And there's nobody stopping him from that. So obviously he believes and Tom believes that 49 is the optimal weight for him because he's got the ability. He can dictate. He's dictating right now. Where he well, of course he is. I mean, and, and he is doing that. Um, Maybe his body just hasn't fully acclimated to 49 yet, and it will. I don't know. That's possible. I know, I know when I had big cuts some years, I didn't feel right until the second half of the season. I really didn't. The biggest concern for me when it comes to ve- development with this team has been you can't debate this. You can't argue. It's been the regression of Gavin Hoffman. Gavin Hoffman, super recruit, coming from Penn State, won so much. Everybody said how much Buckeye fans were going to love him. He had a great redshirt freshman year last year, came close to beating Emory Parker, went after Mymar. Uh, 25-3 and three last year. Had a great season. And this year, I mean, he looks lost. He looks, I don't know if lost it's mental. Lost is the best word for I don't him. know if it's mental. I don't know if it's weight cut, whatever it is, but he looks lost. He and Malik Heinzelman, I've never seen two dudes more. Two really big recruits look more lost on a mat than these guys. Like, they don't know. They don't have – what they need to do is, okay, what I remember in college is if when people started struggling, you would do, like, a lot of things with your coach to, s- to set game plans. Like, here's my game plan. Here's my go-to. Here's I'm going to try to get to the positions that I like because I need a game plan at this moment because I am lost out there. And even if I don't win the match, at least I know, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to bang, and then I'm going to try to hit a sweep single on top. I've got two or three different things I'm going to go to on bottom. I've got two or three things I'm going to go to. You're losing a lot of feel of the match when you game plan because you're not just, you're not just going through the motions. But he, he, they, these guys look like they could benefit from a game plan because they don't know what the hell they're doing out there. Gavin Hoffman looks – I've never – he looks so just below average for – I can't believe it. I, I cannot believe that he – I don't know what's going on. Because- and honestly, Ben, at this point with what we've seen, I would feel confident. And look, we're not we're not tied to the program. We're not there at practice. We're, we don't see these guys every day. But I'm telling you right now, Gavin Hoffman, it's in his head right now. Oh, I yeah. think something has happened. Mental, it's baby. in his head. It's mental. He's not handling it well. And they need to figure this out because – 
He is a guy that can still turn things around and have a great career. But you know, as well as anybody knows, that you could be the greatest athlete, the greatest at your sport. But if you don't, if you've lost it mentally, you've lost it. Yeah, there's some. There, there's. I think that there's. We know more than anything that wrestling is is eighty percent or more mental. It really is. And right now, Malik and Gavin are both struggling mentally, in my opinion. If people people try to say that with Malik, he's just too small. That is a cop out. Look. Brandon Courtney's not a big 125-pounder, and he put it on Malik. Aguilar from Rutgers, he's not a big 125-pounder at all, and he beat him like 14 to 1. These guys are maybe slightly bigger, but not to the point where you're like, oh, this guy's just bigger. Okay, these aren't Thomas freaking Gilman. No, no, not at all. These guys are not even this close. This ain't Anthony to that Robles, guy. you know, 157 right. pounder. You know, these guys are not that big. They're not McDonough or all these guys, you know, that are huge. No offense to Robles, I mean, he deserves uh, right. Great, no, yeah, absolutely. You know what but I mean. no, you know what I mean. These guys are average size 125 pounders that are beating the hell out of a slightly smaller 125 pounder. To use the fact that Malik's just never going to be big enough is a cop out. We've seen Leroy Vega. Hell, that dude was a 112-pounder graduating senior. Nobody recruited him. He went out and become a multiple-time All-American. Absolutely. So let's not let's not act like you can't have some success as a smaller 125-pounder. You definitely can. It's happened plenty. Yeah, and at 184, <clears throat> we just don't act like it. everybody's saying that. Oh, Hoffman, he's just not an 84-pounder. He needs to be at 97. Why? He was fine at 84 last year. He looked great at 84 last year. So unless he grew, which is possible, it is the weight cut. It is. I don't look at him and say that he's a monstrous 84 pounder. No, but he's not wrestling like he's suffering from a weight cut is the thing. He's wrestling like he's suffering from mental block. Exactly. You can tell guys that are wrestling like they're suffering from a weight cut. It's very obvious. I mean, look, they're they're, they're disengaged. Jordan Decatur. Exactly. They're disengaged. They basically have one or two attacks. They, uh, you could just tell. They're, they're, they're huffing and puffing. They've got no energy. By That's, the end of the first period, they are lungs are blown. 100%. They, they get taken down. Their head's on the mat the entire period. Yeah. That's not Gavin Hoffman. He just looks lost. Yeah. And here's the biggest problem is the Buckeyes didn't just miss with Hoffman at the moment. Rocky Jordan, too. I mean, Rocky Jordan was not a small recruit. Iron Man champ, I'm pretty sure. Uh, three-time state champ from Ohio. This guy was a another big recruit. He was. I know he wasn't as quite as big as Bo and Micah, but he was a big-time recruit. And he also looks like a guy who hasn't developed. Now, he gets a little more rope because he was out last year all with an injury. So his retro ear is completely decimated by injury. But he looks like he's kind of forgotten how to wrestle a little bit, too. He uh, struggles to finish any shots on his feet. And what he was known for in high school was his tilt game on top. And he's not riding anybody. He's not riding anybody right now. So we've missed – we've missed – Ohio State has missed in the recruiting land two guys at 184 right now. Well, you'd think at least one would fall through. So – I always had apprehensions about Rocky Jordan anyway. I, I, I really did because even when you watched him wrestle, um, he just, to me, he wasn't as dominant as his brothers were at the high school level. Look, honestly, the year he won the Ironman, I thought he got screwed in that match against Carson Karchla. Karchla should have won that match. I thought he got I But that was the semis. He, he still won the finals. I, I know. I thought he got jobbed in that match. I'm just saying. Um, I, I don't think, unlike Mickey and Bo Jordan, um, I don't think that wrestling is Rocky's first love when it comes to sports uh you know it's it's, it's well known that he it, you know is a is a is a game you know a huge you know bass fisherman you know he, right. he competed at that Doing wildlife type stuff yeah, all that kind of stuff I, I i was always apprehensive about him um we're we're missing on recruits we're not developing recruits and this is not the first year i mean look tayshan campbell came from Pitt, had all the ability and the talent in the world 
And one could say he regressed when he got to Ohio State. He made the round of 12 his senior year, which he'd already done previously at Pitt. Exactly. So there now, a lot of that can be withdraw. You know, it, it, could, withdraw. It, it could be anything. You know, um, but he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't get better. No. Now, no. some people, weight cut could have been an issue. And that could have been an issue. And another guy, you know, and again. Haitian lost his damn spot last year to Ethan Smith, had to cut down to 65. Ethan Smith is another guy. <laughs> Ethan Smith was getting on everybody's legs last year. Everyone's legs. You know, given great people like Dylan Lighty, close matches, would always lose close. But there hasn't been a jump. There's no improvement. He, In fact, he might even I, – I, he doesn't even look the same this year. I think he looks good this year. I mean, he beat a guy like McFadden. I know there was a couple penalty points in there. But he did score a takedown on him. He just has not gotten better at finishing shots. You, you, you'd have to think, right? You'd have to think that if there's only one deficiency in your game – and that's the fact that you're always getting to split the middle and not being able to finish, that you got a freaking room full of elite-level wrestlers at Ohio State and the coaching staff and, I mean, even some on the team and in the RTC. I mean, my Mars, that were around that way. How the hell has he not been able to work on that and f- be able to figure out how to finish shots? I put it on the, the coaches, guys? Ben. I, I put it on the coaches. I'm sorry. I, that's me. That, that That's my opinion. At this level – you know, I get it. Things are a lot different at the collegiate level, but look, you still have highly paid, highly talented college wrestling coaches. You still got to develop the talent. Now, let me get off the doom and gloom for a second because there has been there have been some bright spots. One, Caleb Romero. I think Caleb Absolutely. Romero has looked much better this year. Up a weight class at one seventy four. He he looks like he's wrestling with more confidence, more explosiveness, he's more dynamic. Um, more di- you know, he's more you dynamic talked about it. Like he's, now he's got he's developing the single a bit, so that's right. helping him a lot. That's been fantastic I, and, uh, to the point to where I would even say that Caleb Romero is a guy that could be a fringe a, a guy. He could get on that podium he's right now if he keeps if he keeps doing yeah. what he's doing. Gas tank Gary, Gary Traub. <laughs> I mean, I'm, let's face it. Who the hell's, who the hell's Gary Traub? Yeah. And here we go. I mean, look. And I know who he was because we, we coach in the Southwest Ohio We coach in the Southwest Ohio region, so we knew who he was. But he wasn't expected to be a starter in the Big Ten. No. He's like. Not at all. I think he's like 16 or 17 and 2. And look, I mean, what, Tanner Hall beat him 3 to 2? I mean, he gave Tanner Hall all he wanted, right? Yeah, it was a you good know, match. And that's what helped the Buckeyes win that match. Tanner Hall majors him. We right. not win the match. No, absolutely. So there have been some bright spots. Well, I mean, you look at Luke Pletcher and well, Colin Moore. Both, I mean, well, people might think Colin Moore hasn't hasn't um, hasn't um, developed developed, but he has. he has. He's better. He, he's better this yeah. year than he was as a freshman. He's cleaner. He's looking more like his freshman year this year than he has the last two seasons. But Luke Pletcher, here's the thing though: has he developed a ton, or is he just now at a weight class where he feels like he can be offensive? I don't know. Um, I think it's a fair criticism. And here's the thing: we're not in the total business of criticizing Ohio State. Absolutely we, we not. We give them a lot of love. Absolutely. But we're also not in the business of dancing around it and not criticizing them because we're not affiliated with them. We have no affiliation with them. And, you know. We've always said we're Ohio guys. We root for Ohio State. Everybody knows that. But we're not homers. We call it how we see it. And, but, Ben. There's been, there's been real, real struggles with development. Let's, not a lot of the guys have gotten better. No, you're absolutely right. And I'm not saying like NATO who won it as a freshman and then took third three years. That's just. That's. That, that just, that's the that's the nature of the beast of D one college wrestling, right. man. Yeah, and even Mymar, Mymar got way better. To tell me, Mymar was Mymar would major his freshman year guy when he won it. Of course, okay. Uh, Mymar looked great I agree. his senior. Year. I agree. He just had a mental lapse, and so I'm throwing those two out. But the and I'll give Bo Jordan a pass. We know his injuries and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But Look. there's been development that, that's been stagnant. 
You're right. I I agree completely. And a lot of it happens with the the fringe recruits too. The fringe recruits that you know you think you like a Quinn Kenner. He's not a fringe recruit. Quinn Kenner was a top forty recruit, one of the top one hundred and thirty eight pounders in the country coming out of New Jersey. And I fear that. One, he's not being developed. Two, we're wasting his talents. And three, now that they're talking about him going 157. Well, there's no other option for him, right? I mean, that, I'm, less, I'm less concerned about Kenner because he just couldn't hold 33. And there's no other place All right. for him. Well, you talk about guys and their mental, you know, their confidence and everything. Do you think it's great for his confidence to go up and battle at 157 when he's going to be completely undersized? I'm guessing it's his choice. I'm guessing he wants to be Of in the course lineup. he's not going to say no. I'm guessing he wants to be in the lineup. Because 57, it, it sounds like Keyshawn ain't coming back. Uh, isn't he injured? I thought yeah. he suffered an injury. Yeah. So we've heard. Okay. It sounds like he ain't coming back. So you're either him or Elijah Cleary. You know, like the last thing I really have to say, you know, about Ohio State and all of this is, okay, we've talked about how they manage red shirts. We're talking about development, but Ben, it's starting to be even more than that. It's are they recruiting the right guys? And then also what we're seeing that's happened with the RTC this past year, and um, maybe the. Uh, you know the, the the fact that maybe maybe Tom Ryan took it for granted and all that success that they had before took it for granted and now look at you know we're depleted there. I get it. Jaden Cox is here, but he's not fully representing right. the Ohio RTC. We're probably paying him a lot of money. I would hope so. Yeah, and they're doing it for one reason. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. it's like. But I start We've to worry about the future and how they're going to be able to maintain and competing with these top level programs because now look. The Brands, Coach Brands, he was very stoic and rigid in his style and the way he was. He started to change. Iowa's coming back, all right, right now. Spencer Lee helped him out a lot with that, I think. Sure. Uh, Alex Marinelli, Michael Kimmer, Spencer Lee. I mean, look, we can go on and on. They've got great recruits, okay? Um, Penn State, I mean, Penn State, they're set up for success for the next next decade. That's the thing. Yeah, if if I had to choose, like, who's in better shape after this year for the next – couple years it's Penn State over Ohio State in a heartbeat 100 percent and that's I mean it's concerning because I expect Penn State to be in a better shape based on everything that's going on with them but to me Ohio State what I don't know Ben can we get a 157 pounder you're talking about not recruiting the right guys Maddox that was a mistake no longer with the team the dude beat Carr and Demas in high school I think he was a top 20 big board guy at one time, he was the number one, yeah. one hundred and what sixty pounder in the country. Whatever it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, remember the name Kevon Freeman? Absolutely. Gone. What happened to him? Gone. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think there might have been some edu- some great sure, issues there. Obviously, but he was but, in the school, but not recruiting the right guys. I, we're rolling with Elijah Cleary right now at the moment at one fifty seven. We had two dudes who were pretty pretty solid recruits that, that never even Maddox saw a couple matches. That's about it. And I get it, you know. It, it wasn't the Buckeyes. In fact, I I applaud Tom Ryan for taking a stance and saying, "Look, you, you have, you're not living to the standards to be an Ohio State Buckeye." But at the same time, shouldn't he have known that beforehand? With Maddox, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he put Maddox on an ultimatum in high school. Right. There was that issue. Tom Ryan had to go out to the high school and basically said, "Hey, you want to be a part of this program? You got to sh- shape up." And but you know, now. Getting a guy like Patty Gallagher. All right, we've talked about that. That's a big-time recruit. Karch was in the, wa- in the waiting. Karch was there. So, uh, okay, I got you know, to start thinking about some of those positives. But to me, I think Tom Ryan needs to change his ways a little bit. You know, he needs to start ad- adjusting how he's approaching things, changing his ways, f- start re- f- 
figuring out a better way to recruit the right guys or else they're going to fall behind. There's programs that, aside from Penn State and Iowa that's going to pass them up and pass them up for a while. Oh, yeah. I agree. All right. Well, I guess, uh, you know, here we go again. One of our favorite topics to talk about this year, um, Iowa. You know, it looks like Iowa has been performing very well. You know, they dominated the Midlands, breaking the, the what the, the, the team points is scoring record. Um, it looks like they are all in right now. They just pulled um, Abe Assad out of out of red shirt at 184, which I'm not quite sure I agree with. And we can, you know, get into that yeah, in a we'll minute. Be, let's get, we'll into, get that. into that in a minute. Um, uh, additionally, you know, we see this uh, we see this article that Flo puts out about, you know, uh, Jaden Ironman tweeting out something that maybe he's hinting that he's coming out of red shirt, shirt which I've been a fan of the entire season. Um, let's, which I'm not a fan of. So this is great. <laughs> You're not a fan. Um, no, I'm not a fan of it. You know, right now, if you, when you look at Iowa, obviously Spencer Lee is on a pitch count. When he wrestles, he's wrestling great. He didn't wrestle the full Midlands, whatever. You know, we, we know what he can do. But then he just went tech fault Schroeder in two minutes and 53 seconds. Exactly. A Schroeder who will All-American this year. Schroeder who's looked you, great. He is so good and on his feet and on top. He will All-American this year. Um, I think so. I, I agree with you. And then and I don't— just put it put to him. I mean, just made him look like—he was like, you think you're good on top? Let me, because they do the same thing on top, right? They do the little roll through in the um, Easton style tilts. <laughs> Spencer Lee said, "Let me teach you let me how to show do you it. how it's done. Let me, let me teach you how to do it." Fifteen zero in two minutes and fifty three seconds. Spencer Lee is stupid good. I, and I don't understand. Do, would you ever think, like, what it's like to be that good at something? Because I mean, I'm honestly, not good Ben, at I, I could, like that good. Look, I could never imagine what it's like to be that good at anything, and it's. But just let's even just and the focus way on he wrestling. handles it, the way he handles it, though. All right, he he is so good at what he does. Who taught this kid how to be that that way? Like I, as a I, human, no, I I really I don't his parents understand it. Got to be super proud. I mean, I've read some articles about him and his family. They're a very close family, and about you know him growing up and getting into wrestling and everything. And it's 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 your typical like article that you read about a lot of these kids. But here's a kid that had so much so much success at the youth level and. How that transition when he went to college, it's just, it's amazing how he does it. I don't know, honestly. Multiple world champ, multiple time world champ. Three times, right? Yeah. Two as a cadet, one as a junior, yeah. or one as a cadet, two as a junior. I, I, I can't remember. <coughs> Two time national champ. Honestly, I'm, ben, beer right now. I'm not sure I could say there's anyone in college wrestler who is as big as a gamer and competitor as he I is. I want Spencer Lee to be my son. I. I I, I, like if if I have a, when I have a son and when he's not as good as Spencer Lee, it like just life and wrestling. I'm gonna make sure that he knows, like how much I, how disappointed I am in him. <laughs> but you're, I mean, look, your point is noted, and he's on a pitch count. It's expected at this at this point right now. I am not going to be surprised at all when Spencer Lee goes out, wins a national title, two weeks later turns around and wins the Olympic trials. He's gonna and, do it, and he's representing our, our our country this summer. And remember, remember last year. He, the biggest testament to Spencer Lee is the adversity that he faced last year, losing to Sebastian Rivera twice. Twice. And Nick Piccinini. That's huge adversity. And we don't know everything that went on. People, you know, say injuries or the flu or maybe his head wasn't right. But to be able to fail in front of everybody and have tons, the entire wrestling community, talk about how you just aren't the guy anymore like you were, and to show up and be able to overcome that type of failure – after you've had such success, is 
a huge testament to his character because most of these people that have had success for so long are not used to failing, and when they get the first taste of adversity, they crumble, and he did not. And I couldn't be more impressed with this young man than I am at the, at the way he handles yeah. things. And the way he yeah. looked at – we talked about the senior nationals and – just the way he represents himself, I tell you what, he is a probably a huge factor in this turnaround for Iowa. I know there's others involved, but you watch after he went out and he tech fault Schroeder. DeSanto was coming out, and he went up and talked to him first and got him a little – I wouldn't say pumped up because DeSanto doesn't need to be pumped up, but just having a little conversation with him, giving him a little I think focus. that's a great point, Ben. Like, he's not just benefiting himself. He is – benefiting every damn person on that team they look up to him and yep. i'll tell you what he's one of the reasons why iowa is where they are where they're at and he's doing it in such an unconventional style compared yep. to what iowa normally does yep. he's showing hey he's like all right there's people that are the iowa style the bull he's iowa style spencer lee's not traditional iowa style but he's still got all of the damn respect of the entire squad and again i'm just i'm just floored with how how amazing somebody can be at like a sport. I mean, it's crazy, man. You, Ben, you you made a lot of great points there, and I'm going to try to comment on a couple of them. One, I think the bigger thing than him getting past mentally the losses he took last year was the the chatter and the noise around the country from the fans, the coaches, the wrestling community about hey. It, What's going on? This ain't this ain't yeah, the Spencer Lee we know, league. all right. Um, but on top of that, it, it, that's very impressive. But this is also where I'm going to give a shout out to the Iowa coaching staff, all right? right. Because and that's where it goes. The Iowa, you know, and, and and Brand's changing his ways and adapting a bit. The Iowa coaching staff kept him, you know, focused, kept him going, and got him through all of that. And come come March, come NCAA championships, Spencer Lee was a madman, all right. He was focused. He was ready to go. So. That's fan. I mean, it's super impressive for what he was able to to tone out all that noise, and super impressive from the coaching staff to to have him ready. Additionally, I think you made a great point about what he's done to turn the program around. Look, it's you see what happens when you bring in great recruits like a Spencer Lee, Kyle Snyder, you know, uh, uh, Zane Rutherford's those type of guys, and what that Good does people. what that does to your program and how it attracts people. But you, you you said something there, and it's completely true. I think Spencer Lee's mindset and his approach to every match and his approach to the sport is rubbing off on a lot of that Iowa team and I don't think it's rubbed off on anybody more than Austin DeSanto now, okay I totally and I'm not you. saying Austin you know Spencer Lee's the reason why Austin DeSanto has calmed down again kudos to that coaching staff for understanding uh, understanding who Austin DeSanto is and honing him in right. and figuring out how to how to take that negative energy and turn it into positive energy in a wrestling I mean, look, match DeSanto's still chippy and of he's course. still done some things that, that I'm that, not necessarily a huge fan of, but I'm a huge fan of Austin DeSanto, and he hasn't tried to come over anybody and break their arm recently. Look, if he's look, if he's not being, der- I, I love chippiness. All right, I love a little chippiness, a little sure. chatter, getting a guy's face. You know, as long as you're not being dirty, Austin DeSanto's fun to watch. Oh and anybody that God, says differently, you don't really like wrestling, or you're some you know old dude living in the past when uh. Yeah, I don't know, but, you know, Billy Blue Ball was winning titles for Oklahoma State or something like Doug that. Blue Doug Ball. Blue Ball. <laughs> Billy Blue Ball. <laughs> Billy Blue Ball. Um, but, yes, it's it's extremely impressive. Um, I don't know if there's any team in the country that has a better one-two punch right out the gates than Spencer Lee and Austin Santo. I really don't think so. No, and, and that kind of leads us to the question. Exactly. Jaden Ironman tweets out. Because somebody tweeted out, does anybody have the best one? You know, is there a better one-two punch in the country? Which there's not. 
Because they both have been, been ranked one at the time, and I think DeSanto's probably ranked. He's two. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, two. He, he barely lost, lost to Gross in the Midland, what, Midland Finals. Yeah, and he, and he almost beat him. Or, excuse me, and he already beat him. Right. Um, but uh, the Ironman tweets, you know, because somebody said, is there any, you know, is the best one-two in the country? And Ironman tweets, how about one-two-three? And everybody ex- thinks that that means Ironman's getting his red shirt pulled. Yeah. Not, not so fast, my friend. Okay. Max Muren is ranked... Um, what is he ranked? Number by? two by number two by flow and number three number three by flow and, and number four, four by uh, yeah. uh, the open mat. Right, that could be one of the best one two three punches in the country. Even Max Murin. I'm I'm serious. How do you not think that Ironman's not saying? I mean, I don't know Ironman, but what, how do you know he's going out and dissing Murin? I mean, are you going to really come out and diss Murin and say, "Hey, I'm going to come take your spot"? That would be a little rude, and I would I would be surprised that brands would allow that to happen. So, and what I I'm do, thinking he might be saying is saying, "Hey." Don't forget about Murin, but then he, why wouldn't he say 49, too? Because Lugo's also Exactly. So it's so, interesting. So what does he mean? So I, I would pull the old, you know, Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. Right. One, who the hell knows what he means, all right? Um, I've gone on record. I've said it multiple times, and I'm not, I'm not going to change my mind. Ironman should come out and wrestle it this year. No. One, one, let me finish, no. young man. Let me finish, no, young man. Ahead. All right. One, it's his best chance to qualify for um, – the Olympic trials, or at least it gives yeah. him a, at least it gives him an extra chance. Two, Iowa, Iowa is showing that they're all in. You pull Jay Nyerman to come out if he can make one forty one, whatever. I'm sorry, you are the team that's going to win this national title this year. Okay. Ironman would be would legitimately become one of the favorite favorites, whether he's at one forty one or one forty nine to win a title. Let one me of ask the you this right now. One of the favorites. No, no, I agree with okay. you. Okay, let me ask you this right now. If Ironman comes out, are you giving the title to Iowa? Yes. Honestly, honestly, Max Murin is ranked third right now. Okay, Ironman, Ironman could legitimately easily, easily Ironman could finish third in that way. All right, so let me ask you Ironman something, Ben. Could, Ironman's already just got his ass kicked by Nick Lee. At oh, the, in at a freestyle match? You remember when he beat Nick Lee in, uh, I, I in the NCAA that. championships 12-4 to last year? I'm not, I'm not penciling in Ironman over Pletcher, the way I'm, Pletcher's looked right now. Wait a minute. So, okay, so Ben, hold on. Max Murin can do the same damn thing that freaking Ironman could do. Can he? Can he? How many times has uh, Max Murin been on the podium? Yeah, Okay. No, seriously. Last year. How many times no, has been on the round of twelve? Right. Yeah, and Ironman's been on what three times? Okay, so uh, you talk about Max Mirren being ten and zero undefeated this year. Uh, talk to me about these big wins. He beat Tristan Moran, which is a good win. He beat him three to two. All right. Tristan Moran win is huge. It, it, it's, it's really huge. good. Right beat now. him three to two. All right. A Tristan Moran who is very streaky and inconsistent. Some he is. He, he looks is. very good in some matches. Other matches, head scratcher. Last All year right. he beat, beat Nick Lee, and then he lost. He did. Him. I get your point. All right. So his, his other good, his other you know really good wins this year. Okay, he's got a win over Josh Howe. Great win. Five to three. Okay. Uh, who else? He's having, I'm saying he's having a good year, and I would pencil. I wouldn't pencil. I would pencil Moran in at an All American. Right I don't. I don't pencil, pencil him in. I, I have a hard time penciling in just because what he's ranked. You know, three and four in some rankings. He's ten and zero. I need to see some big wins, man. What has he done? He's done nothing. So you tell me. That if went over Josh Howe pretty good. If Josh Howe, oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, how many times has Josh Howe been on the podium? But Josh Howe's got some wins. Yeah, he's got some wins. But again, if you're Iowa, you're why try- not use the Ironman next year? You're trying to come back. You're trying to win two titles, though. Why not try to go for two? So Ben, see, pull Assad because he's going to be back next year. You sit Ironman, you let Moran rock, and then Moran goes in. I'm not. I think he's already had a red shirt. Then Moran, oh. Moran wrestles 41 next year. Lugo's gone. Ironman goes up to 49. Boom. Now you're looking at two titles in a row. It would be stupid. It's overkill. Oh, man. You, I mean, honestly, you got, overkill. you got it all figured out. You should, you should write Tom Brands a letter. What do we always say? Next year's not guaranteed, my man. What is guaranteed right now? Iowa is in the favorite lead spot for the national championship. So is, 
is was his Olympic red shirt just the reason to get to Iowa? Because he needed a red shirt to get No, there. he graduated. Dude, right. he graduated. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so people don't understand. So is he really, but what I'm saying, is he really thinking that he can make the Olympic team? Because he can't. He went to Iowa for <laughs> post-collegiate success. What I'm saying, why is he taking an Olympic red shirt? Because he can. Right. But he's, he's not going to make the Olympic team. So if that's the freaking case, why not just pull him? He's not? You're no. saying, I mean... You and I both agree kilos? that he's not the favorite, but he's the only guy in the country in collegiate in college that's got to win over Yanni. Okay, so you can't tell me he doesn't have the skills to do something. Okay, I don't think he's going to make it, but I, no, I'm saying I don't think he's going to make it, Ben. <laughs> I don't know how many beers I've had, but you're starting to make me giggle. No, I, I, no, I don't think he's going to make the Olympic team, but he had a chance to make an Olympic that's red shirt. That's the reason why you pull him. You pull him. Because, no, you don't pull him if he actually has a legit shot to make the Olympic team. Because then... He's doesn't he's not Spencer Lee, so he can't just wrestle and then go a couple weeks later and try to make the team. Bro, these guys are not you and me. On... These guys are not you and me. Do you really believe they think they don't have a chance? Yeah, you're right. Okay, seriously. But my thing, <laughs> this is true. If Iowa, is ain't all you and me. In, is, yeah, exactly. Iowa is all in, and they legit have a chance to win to bring the title it's back, back to Iowa. Bring him out, okay? Let me tell you why. Okay, why? Because next year it makes you. It gives you an extra 20 points next year that you wouldn't have anywhere. All of a sudden, you're penciling him in at 49, 20 points that you ain't got. I'm going to tell you right now. That you ain't got this year. If I'm, and you already got you got nah. plenty of points at 49 and 41 this year. You got the goods to win it this year. Keep him in red shirt. Bring him out next year. All of a sudden, you're just looking at two titles. You're starting about creating a little bit of a dynasty yourself now. All right. Well, I'm sure people are pretty annoyed by now of us arguing. But here's what I'm going to say. I um, love us um, I'm not going to, as a coach— <laughs> I can't sit here and start thinking of banking on a championship next year when I haven't even won one this year or they many years before this. Okay, so yep. this is your year. Go get it. And who knows what a team like Penn State's going to have next year because you know what? They got, they got a Rocky lot next year. of guys. They got a lot of guys out there at that Nittany Lion Wrestling Club just gray shirting, blue shirting, pink shirting. What he did to the scuffle field was criminal. Busiello just transferred out there. Yep. Oh, there's your 25-pounder. Uh, no, he's not. They said either 25, 33, or 41. He just entered a tournament at 57, I think. Yeah. Who cares? He ain't going 25. Anyways. Kenner just said his wrestling 57. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, they got Staraki. They got Joe Lee. They got Michael Beard. They got Aaron Brooks. Penn State is... Kirk Fleet just hanging in the wings. Seth Neville's just coming out. What's wrong with that? There's nothing right with the fact that Kirkley could just go there. Okay. We were going to transition to Penn State anyway before we do. I'm so fired up right now about the fact that Penn State's got Kirkley. Before we do, let's just – here's the thing with Iowa. I don't understand why you pull Abe Assad's red shirt because, honestly, let's talk, we need let, to talk let's about talk this. about this. Because you shouldn't have. You, you shouldn't have because this is a guy who, who, who in my opinion – has the potential to be a great wrestler, but he needed some developing. And honestly, is he going to score you that many more points than a Cash Wilkie at the at the at the NCAA championships to to make the difference for a team trophy? I don't think he is. He lost the Cash Wilkie in the wrestle off. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's got some head scratching losses this year. Now, the reason why I, the reason why Did the you same just th- burp in the microphone. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. The reason why and the same thing with Alvarez. Um, the reason why I'm willing to kind of wave off some of the earlier head-scratching losses is because true freshmen do have those losses. Absolutely. Miles Martin had those losses. Who but did he lose to? Miles Martin? Yeah, his he freshman lost year. lost the guy from Michigan? What was his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, Who, like, never did anything. I mean, that's a long time ago. I can't remember his name. That's a long time ago. You can look it up on WrestleStat. Why? Well, I'll give you my... I know who you're talking about. Um, but It was a guy that could have been really good. But, he could have been, yeah. but he had injuries. Injuries. Um, Abus... Uh, uh, Cash Wilk, here's what you just did. 
you're starting Abasad, a true freshman who took second in Midlands, lost a close match to Lujan. I think it was 4-0. Um, it shows that I wants to leave like no doubt in this championship, right? I mean, that's what they're trying to do. You pull a true freshman over a guy who's a fifth-year senior, three-time NCAA qualifier, two-time round of 12 guy. That is the supreme kick in the dick. And don't forget about Nelson Brands as well, who's right. been competing rather well sure. at 184, undersized, even though he lost close to Wilkie at the Midlands. But how do you... I don't get it. And there was no need to pull him right now. And, and, and I was listening to Flow Wrestling's podcast earlier today, and, and they said exactly the same thing that I was planning on saying. It's, the, the, the brand's got to be seeing something in the room that makes sense, right? They've got to be seeing something in the room that says that, that Abasad is going to be a guaranteed, guaranteed better option. I don't think you've, you waste a red shirt. If just, you're going to waste I, anybody's red shirt, you waste Ironman's red shirt. Exactly, because... Because he's All-American three times. Exactly, and honestly, going back to Ironman, ben, and we've said this, if Ironman's going to win a national title, his best chances are this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, seriously. And Why the hell did they pull him over Wilkie? I don't, I don't get it. That's got to be tough for Wilkie, man. Unless That's... Wilkie has just lost it mentally. But he and, went out and competed well at the Midlands. I mean, he didn't win it, obviously. He didn't make the finals, but he competed well. I, I, Wilkie's I don't done know. everything you've asked from him, but get on the podium. And to pull a true freshman over you, over you ooh, I just I think that I thought it was a little premature, in my opinion. Yeah. I thought they could have waited a little bit longer. Um, that, all right. that shows that they're going for it. Did you see what they did this weekend? They put 41-0 over Indiana and 41-0 over a really good Purdue team. They the are, the they Purdue match team. really impresses me because Purdue is looking good this year. I mean, look, uh, Brunner was ranked number two in the country. Their 57-pounder, uh, Kendall uh, Kendall Coleman. Coleman has been looking really good. Dylan Lighty's having a hell of a year. Um, great. Uh, uh, Devin Schroeder, we've talked Schroeder's about him. good. Perriott. Herb Limix, one of the two, the uh, national qualifier level. So to blank them, that's really, really impressive. Now, all right, let's move on to Penn State. Penn State. Are they vulnerable? Of course they're vulnerable. but M- Way and, more vulnerable than they've ever been. since, like, Or not ever. That's stupid. In the past, like, since they since 2015. Well, let's let's just face it. Look, 2015 they redshirted everybody for a reason. Okay, they redshirted a ton of people. This year they're not really doing that. This is their squad. No, they're they, pulling people out of redshirt. They're pulling, exactly. They've been hit by some big injuries. The news: Kassar's done for the year. All right. Kassar. Can we talk about Kassar and Connell for a second? Absolutely. That's a bummer, man. Like you know, obviously I'm not a huge Penn State fan. But I respect all the wrestlers, and if you've listened to this podcast more than a couple times, you know that. I love watching them wrestle. Yeah, and I'm so bummed that Kassar got hurt, man. Like, what a great story. A dude that was like a one-time state qualifier, and the one time he qualified, he won it. Transfers, or not transfers, goes to Penn State. Like, it's his dream. Made a junior rule team, though. Yeah, he did. He beats Colin Moore, and then and then the coach t- he beats Colin Moore when Colin Moore is ranked number one in the country, mm-hmm. and then the coach tells him he's got to ride the pine because they're going with Shakur instead of him. Yep. Instead of him transferring the next year, which he easily could have Co- done, easily, he bumps up the heavyweight and wins a freaking NCAA title. He's an NCAA champ. It's he- funny that he was a one-time state qualifier and he won it, and then in high- right. college he's going to be a one-time national qualifier and he won it. Because he's not coming back next year. I know he's got he already, he's already been approved for an extra year right. from a previous injury. I can't imagine he's going to want to continue to delay his life, um, especially with his aspirations of fighting. But I just want to say that I'm personally bummed, and especially now that we know Gable's eligible. I, I wanted to see, to see those, those battles again. Bang. 
I wanted to. I I think what was most impressive about Kassar last year was the fact that he beat the guy that everybody thought was going to be the man and rule the heavyweight weight class for the next four years. And not only did he beat him, I'm sorry, there were times when I thought he he made Gabe look broken. Look broken. And I thought that was really impressive. The Connell thing, I'm not surprised. Okay. I'm bummed out about This is Connell's. This has happened to him so many times. I am bummed out, but I'm not surprised about it. Now, with that said, okay, we've gone on many times. We both think that Iowa is right now the favorites. I can't count Penn State out. They have a lot of guys in that weight class that can place high, even win titles. I mean, you look, RBY has all the talent in the world to make the finals, okay? You know, he gets good draw, gets on a right run. He could absolutely make the finals. He could place absolutely. very high. Nick Lee, uh, look, Nick Lee, Nick Lee can win this thing, okay? He is every bit. Um, the favorite at 141 as a guy like Luke Luke Pletcher, okay? I would call him 50-50 right now. Right, and I think I've even said, uh, I picked Nick Lee when we did our, you know. Now, after I saw, what I saw Pletcher do at Cliff Keen makes me think that they're 50-50. I'm still picking Nick Lee at this point, okay? I I might pick Pletcher. You know, I'm hoping for Pletcher, but I'm picking Nick Lee. Um, You look at 49, all right? Who do they got there? It's it's been kind of up and down. McLaren at McLaren times, and then uh, who's the other guy? Who's the other guy? They've had Bo Pfeiffer and some other guys. There's one other guy. Uh, Um... I forget who it I is. I can't remember his name. There, you talk. I'll, I'll look um, it up. 57. Berge, if healthy, okay, if healthy, Brady Berge is just as every bit as good as all these He's other young studs really at 157. High. Yeah, all these other young studs at 157 is every bit Luke as Gardner. good as them. Lou Gardner, that's it. I was thinking it's uh, has the name of the, the dude that wrestled for Lehigh Lake, right? Yeah. Lake Gardner, yeah. Um, 65, Vincenzo. <laughs> okay, three-time finalist, two-time champ. Okay. He easily could win it this year. Mark Hall, favorite at Going 174, even though I picked Kimmer. I think he's going to win it. Um, 84, Aaron Brooks is the real deal. Now, he's a guy that you – that I, okay, I absolutely agree You're with You're talking about pulling red yeah, shirts. Yeah, pulling a red shirt right there. He's when you don't guy, have a guy, you, you pull, pull a dude that, yeah, who, who – I'm telling you, he could make the finals. He could, man. I, I, I wouldn't count it out. It's crazy. I'm, I'm not picking him to No, do it, but, he, but he, he's he talented. Could. He's absolutely talented. He needs talented. to get on the opposite side of his heat and then go on a run. 97 after Colin Moore is wide open and Shakur Rashid is already All-American at that weight class before. If he is healthy, no, he look great. If he is healthy who, kn- who knows? And you just lost a returning national champ at heavyweight. And what do you throw in? You throw in a guy, Seth Nevels, who had one loss in high school. Peter Mardessi last year. Yeah. He had one loss in high school, and he's got uh, uh, Hamida. Hamida, Hamida. and he's got, last year he had one loss in a red shirt, a 9-8 loss to Demetrius Romero, okay, from Pitt, who is great in his own right, and beat Hamida. So, are you, I mean, you don't, don't count Penn State out. Penn State is that stupid freaking villain in the movies that, like, unless you go and shoot them in the head, like, four times, like, that dude's going to get back up somehow, and they're going to kill you. Like, don't count them out, man. These guys have plenty of talent to win it. They got plenty of talent to win it. People that think that this – there's a lot of Penn State fans that are they're, – they're doing this narrative right now that I don't like. Okay, they're playing the victim. They're saying, oh, we've got bit by the injury bug. I it is the true. favorite. We're not going to win. What they're doing is they're, they're hedging their bets to say, okay, we told you we weren't going to win. And so if Iowa won, we're, we don't look bad. But if we do win, then we look amazing. I don't think that's what they're doing, Ben. I've seen some of them do it. They need no. to – They need to. those sons of bitches need to be like, hey, our team's still got a shot to win. I agree with you they're that? saying that. I agree with you they're saying that, but I don't think that's why. I think Penn State fans love you all. 
but they've gotten very <laughs> entitled and spoiled over the last however many years. And they're not well, used to this. They've only been fans that long. They're not, exactly. They're not used to this. And it's like, okay, we're not the, the dominant team. Can't lose every week, all this. We're going to have five guys in the finals, five national champs, all this kind of stuff. You know what? Yeah. You're a great college wrestling team with some great wrestlers. And you know what? You're going to be in a battle this year. Hey, welcome to the rest of us. Yeah, wake the yeah. hell up. Okay. Oh, now this is going to be fun at nationals for you. Right. Real fun. Real right. fun for us. I'm, I'm going to really enjoy it. And then don't get the, don't get it twisted. It's not like I'm like a huge fan of Iowa. Not that I hate them or anything. And I, I actually I like them just as much as Penn State in terms of enjoying watching them. But I still want I still <laughs> it's not like I'm Iowa, Iowa was Penn State before Penn State was Penn State, and and before Iowa was Penn State, Oklahoma State was <laughs> Iowa. So l- let's not forget that there's been a lot of wrestling in this in this world, and uh, Penn State has only come on recently and, to be involved in it. And what people got to realize as well, man, is look. As good as Iowa is looking right now, and as much as I'm saying they are the favorite, they've got some guys that have not performed con- very consistent to their level at nationals. Look, Pat Lugo, he's been on the podium one time, eighth. He's ranked number one in the country at a wide open 149. I don't think he's he going to win it. I don't. He's. I'm not picking him. Okay, Alex Marinelli. I love Alex Marinelli. He's oh, gone man. sixth and seventh at the NCAA's. Right. Okay. All right, sixth and seventh. And if you're counting, and if yeah, and if you're looking at the point, because a lot of people are throwing out what the points are based on rankings right now. But if you throw it, but, but here's the thing: Marinelli could—that's a tough weight. I don't expect him to take sixth or seventh this year. But if he finished fourth, I wouldn't be extremely surprised. It's an extremely tough weight. Austin DeSanto, hey, dude, that dude's got—he's got, he's got a, a, every much of a chance to win this weight class as Seth Gross or anyone else. He's gone around the 12 and fifth place, okay? Right. Um, other guys, Muren, never been on the podium. Jacob Warner, extremely inconsistent. Who knows what you're going to get out of 184? Michael Kimmer, that boy is gamed at the Nationals. He's also faced a lot of injuries. I think right. Kimmer has been fourth and third yeah. at, the, at the Nationals. Um, You've got like a freshman Kimmer. heavyweight. I, like I, I really do, too. You've got a freshman heavyweight who's looked phenomenal. He's but we've so seen great. freshman heavyweights who've looked great get to the, to the tournament, and you know what? Piss down their legs. Just come up a little short. Okay, so Iowa or Penn State, yeah, I can't count them out. Penn State's got some surefire points. Now Iowa does too, one hundred percent. I mean, but Penn State's got some surefire points of people that have done it. But I am a little bit concerned about them. I mean, Shakur Rashid, he lost to Lucas Davison uh, this weekend, seven to five, and I, and I watched that match. And Shakur, he doesn't look like a full size one ninety seven pounder, but he doesn't look extremely small, like extremely small. He, he's fine for the weight. I'm not worried about his, his size. He's already All-American at that weight. But what I am worried about is the fact that he's, what, eight months or less off of a major knee surgery? He didn't look that great against Davison. I mean, Davison did beat Brunner this weekend, but he lost to him a couple times before. And um, in the match, Shakur was able to get in on Davison multiple different times, and Davison was able to kind of outscramble him to either stalemates or to his own points. And that's not something you typically see at 197 with a guy like Shakur Rashid where you're getting outscrambled by a guy. So he's not there right now. But he can be there. We all know coming out of an injury, your first couple matches back, your lungs aren't there, your body mechanics aren't necessarily there, you're still not trusting where you were injured before. I think that Shakur Rashid's got a great chance to All-American this year, but I'm not sure that he's going to be a finalist. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't – no, I, I, at this point in time, I can't say that I'm confident that Shakur Rashid is going to be a finalist. 197 is wide open after number one. He, he, he could very much All-American. Look, he wrestled 184 last year, right? All right, 
Yeah, wrestled 184 last year. year you know, it, it, 184 was really tough. This weekend was his first weekend back, and, and on top of that, going up to 197. Lucas Davison is actually a pretty good wrestler, and you already mentioned, you know, he beat Christian Brunner, who was number two in the country before that yeah, match. He's not bad. Um, not, not bad at all. Um, I, I want to see more. I'm excited to see more out of Rashid over the next month or so going in before postseason to see how he continues to come back from that injury and continues to handle the heavier weight class. But it's, it, it is a definite question mark to the point to where you have to qu- – if, if, if Coach Sanders if, – if the Penn State coaches think that they actually have a shot to win the title this year, um, I'm curious to know what they, what they see about – what they see in the room between Mike, Michael Beard and Shakur Rashid. You know, Michael Beard went out and looked really great one match. You know, really great in a couple of matches. He, you know, he, you know, he beat, beat Renan. He beat Dakota Gear. He beat Renan as well, if I'm not mistaken, I right? I don't know about that. Uh, I know he beat Gear, but then lost a couple times to guys who are fringe national or national qualifier level guys. Like, so where you wouldn't be expecting him to maybe make it, you know, be an All-American. Yeah, uh, he lost to Michael Beard one to nothing at the scuffle. Uh, <clears throat> right. Yeah, uh, uh, Renan did. Um, oh, so he beat Renan and Gear. Yeah. As and then he lost fact, to the um, dude from um, Stanford, Traxler. And then a Ryder guy, right? And Ethan Laird from Ryder. Yeah. So you, when you look at Michael Beard's season this year, you know, you've got the win over um, Renan. You got the win over Dakota Gear, And that was a big win, 10-5. to 5. I mean, that, that's yeah. a pretty big win. I don't think you pull him unless, unless, um, unless uh, oh my God. Rashid. Rashid um, shows signs of him not fully getting healthy. Do you think Shakur Rashid has beaten Renan and Dakota Gear? I'm just beating guys just as good as them, I think. At 197? Yeah, I think he probably has. Okay, all right. It'll be interesting to see how things play out. Um, I think the best thing about this college season, you said earlier, it's parity. It's wide open in a lot of weight classes. You know what I'm most bummed about? RBY was supposed to wrestle Rivera, and Rivera didn't wrestle against Penn State Northwestern. Mm -hmm. Are we in duck hunting season right now? I don't think Rivera ducks anybody. I, I really know. don't. I'm just bummed. I, I really don't. I think what we're in is uh, the middle of a very, very long college wrestling season. Yeah, and, and I know and he's, all, he's trying to make the Olympics team for Puerto Rico. Good point there, my man. All right, so let's start to uh, wrap some of this up. But one of the things I think we should talk about is now that we are officially in the second semester of the college wrestling season, we are uh, after all of the holiday tournaments, the Midlands, the Scuffle, the South Beach Duels. We had Cliff Keen, obviously, and so much more. Um, let's talk about the landscape of some of these weight classes and if anything has changed at this point. Right. And uh, I don't think there's a better weight class to start than the wide-open 149-pound weight class. What are your thoughts, man? Right now, I think most people have Lugo ranked number one, right? Right, okay. right. So, so we know a lot more, I think. <laughs> Naturally, we know a lot more than what we normally would. And they got Lugo ranked number one because Lugo, what, has he got a, he's got a win over uh, Deegan, he's got a win over O'Connor, and he's got a win over Thompson. Um, so three solid wins over three All-Americans. But I tell you what, the person that's impressed me the most, your man, my man, Boo Lou Wallen from Oklahoma State. I think I picked O'Connor or Sasso. I think I might have picked Sasso to win it. Um, I can't remember who you picked. I know I that I, I, picked I did Sasso. pick Bulu Wallen. Yeah. At the time, the Wallen was ranked like eighth or ninth or something. That guy, he's he's ten and zero with wins over Alirez and Brayton Lee. 
Go back to Lugo for just a second, okay, real quick, go, okay? Because where are we look, at? We, let's go back to Lugo. I've gotten to arguments with with you. I've gotten to arguments with our boy Earl, um, regarding and other people about Pat Lugo, and I'm just not as high on him as what other as some people are. Does you he, beat him up. Does he deserve the number one ranking right now? Of course, absolutely, he does. Because well, because he beat O'Connor, who was the highest returning placer. Right, but you said not only does he have a win against Jared Deegan and O'Connor and Max Thompson, dude, he's got a win over you know Mike D'Angelo. That's a pretty good win. Cole Martin from uh, from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. All right. Yeah. Cole Martin had some pretty good wins earlier in the season. Look, it's, it, that's a good win. Um, He's been consistent. Mr. Ma- consistent. Mason Smith, Nate Lemmicks. Mr. Consistent. Uh, almost all of his ma- matches, minus a few, have been quality opponents, and he's, and he's gotten the job done. My biggest thing, and I've said this before, my absolute biggest thing with, with, uh, with Lugo is – Historically, he is inconsistent, and I don't believe he's got it mentally he score to put points. on a. Put, it, that's part of it, but to me, it's the mental aspect to go on a run and, and under, uh, underneath the big lights at the national tournament and win four matches in a row. I, I just don't think he can do it. I, 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 th- I think that he's got the ability to do it, but I wouldn't pick him. Okay, like I said, the person that's impressed me the most is is Boo right now, and maybe I'm really high on Alirez, and I shouldn't be because he did lose to um, Abbas. Um, from Stanford in the scuffle finals off of a late uh, a late scramble. Um, Aliris is a true freshman wrestling from northern Colorado. So you're talking Boo Lawal or Boo Aliris? Because you know they're both called Boo. No, Andrew Aliris. You know his nickname's Boo, right? They call is him Boo. Really? Yeah, they call him Boo. Oh. So I'm speaking Boo Lawal about No, my, I'm talking Boo Lawal. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Boo Lawal and beat Aliris. And then he also beat Brayton Lee 8-3, to three, and he turned him. He looked really good there. And I'm obviously impressed by Brayton Lee because of what he did to Sammy Sasso. So I like Boo right now. I'm not sure I'm gonna, I would pick him to win it right at this moment. I actually think that Lugo's put on – Lugo's done everything in my mind to garner the number one ranking, as you said. But if we're just talking landscape, then, then you – it's so wide open. After um, I think Boo is undefeated and Lugo's undefeated, then you got guys that have you know, beaten or lost to everybody. O'Connor, he's got a loss to Lugo. But what is his best win? His best win maybe uh, Vince Turk in overtime or Keyshawn Clark from American. You're talking about O'Connor, yeah, right. But O'Connor did take third last year, so you can't you can't discount that as well. Brock Mahler took sixth last year. He's got a win over Alex Thompson. That's it. You know, Brayton Lee's beaten Sasso Thompson and Zach Roll, but got hammered by Boo. You know what the great thing about this weight class is, Ben, because I completely get and agree with where you're going. When you look at the top. F- top five ranked guys at this weight class, and I'm just looking at the openmat.com's rankings because yeah. they have the records here. The top two guys are undefeated, 12 and 0, 10 and 0. The two guys after that, 15 and 1, 16 and 1, and then Brayton Lee at 18 and 2. Then after that, you still have guys like Jared Deegan, All American, Sammy Sasso, super recruit, who many thought beginning of the year was a preseason favorite title to contender. win this title contender, and maybe he still is. Um, sure. I'm going to skip this next guy for a second. Um, this guy from American University, who, who uh, I'm going willing your to bet dude, that, my that dude, lot, everybody's yeah, dude, that a lot of people in the country don't don't know, rightfully so. You still got guys like Max Thompson, All American his freshman year, really inconsistent, but is 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 tough, really tough. You he go down further, you know, you got tough guys like Kanan Store, Andrew Alirez, Yaya, Yaya Thomas, even Brock Zackler. There's it's so wide open that. At this point, point in time, this is going to be one of the most fun weight classes to watch come March I don't know who to pick. I, I don't either, but I'm still going to stay with Bula Wallen, okay? Because I feel if he can stay healthy, if he can absolutely stay healthy. That's his kryptonite, right? Uh, yes, exactly. Now, there's a guy ranked number eighth by the openmat.com 
for American University. He's a junior name. It's it's spelled K I Z H A N, but it's actually pronounced Keyshawn. It's Keyshawn Clark. You think it would be Kazan? Kazan, but it's not. According to what we were listening to and some matches being announced, it's it's Keyshawn Clark. This guy, if if I could say anything about this dude. He competes a lot because he is 30-3 and three at this point in the season, which is unheard of in college wrestling. January 14th, my man, right? January 14th? Yeah. And this dude's wrestled 33 matches. I love it. I, love I think it. it's amazing. Why has he wrestled so much? I, I don't know, but I love it. And he's moved himself up to the top 10 of the rankings. Didn't qualify last year. Wasn't even an NCAA qualifier. But I think this is a guy, if I'm not mistaken, I read a lot about who – has gone back and forth in weight classes, maybe 141, 157, and now he's down at 149. Is that correct? Yeah, 41, 57, and 49. So maybe he's at his ideal weight. He's having some fun. He's having a lot of success. You like like Keyshawn, I can't. I'm looking forward to watching him wrestle one of the upper-tier guys. I want to see it. Right, absolutely. I think it'd be, I think it'd be great. I haven't looked through all of his matches, but I mean, he he's thirty and three right now. He was twenty seven and thirteen last year. Uh, the year before that, he was sixteen and thirteen, and then as a red, as a freshman in red shirt, he was thirty two and twelve. This dude competes. His record's already one hundred and five and forty one. That's crazy. Yeah. Now look, and he's I, only a junior. Un, I've unfairly beaten up on Pat Lugo. He's absolutely deserving of his, of his number one ranking. He's looked great this year. I, I, I like you. I, I don't think he scores enough points, and I am concerned mentally when it comes to the national tournament. But any one of these guys between Bulawallen, Lugo, O'Connor, even Mahler and Brayton Lee. Mahler, Lee, and Sasso. And, and Sasso. I mean, these guys are guys that can win this weight. Sasso's beaten Lugo. He has. So this weight's going to be real fun to watch. I think another one of the weights that you and I like to talk about a lot is 184. Holy most notably, crap. who... Is going to rise to be the second best guy in this weight class after Zahid. Who does number two work for? Is what I like to say. Has it changed since we talked about this earlier in the season? Uh, yeah, to me, because I, I still am a huge Lu, Lu, Luan fan. I'm still a huge Luan fan. He's only lost twice, um, and I think his losses were to he lost to uh, Hidley and he lost to Bolin. Mm-hmm. So Bolin's ranked second right now. Correct. Who did? Who hasn't all American yet? Now, Luhan, well, he's only a sophomore. Yeah, Luhan hasn't either, um, and Hidley hasn't either. Well, Hidley's a freshman. So what I'm saying is, you got to go down to all these guys we're talking about. So let's talk about uh, num- the number two ranked guys: Bolin, three is Hidley, four Luhan. Now you finally hit an All American in Vens at five. Then at six is Dupre, who's never All American. So it's it's a it's a wide open weight after the first or after after um, Zahid, but. Not a lot of guys that are supremely proven at the NCAA tournament. Well, I think that there is the, the the most fascinating thing about this weight class. You say not supremely proven at the NCAA tournament. One eight, 184 pounds historically, at least the last 10 years, has always been an extremely tough weight class dominated by upperclassmen. But let's look. In the top 10, we so have a sophomore, a freshman, a sophomore, a sophomore, a freshman, a freshman. That's in the top 10. So you have one, two, three, four. Five, six out of the top ten are either freshmen or sophomores. Yeah, That's insane. Underclassmen. At this point, Ben, Hunter Boland has looked really good. I think he's kind of a, a guy, an under-the-radar type guy because he's not the big name. People kind of forget about who he was. I mean, he was a, he's a really good wrestler. Right, I, I, I agree. Um, I'm still going to say that I think Trent Hidley is the second-best guy in this weight class. I just don't know. After watching him, I mean, Hidley has lost to Dupre. Not, he, not a bad loss. No, and he's beaten to prey. Absolutely. And then he lost as a heat. So you're right. Okay. He, he definitely could be. I, I think that Bolin has been the most consistent. 
You know, his loss was to Luhan, but he avenged that loss in the same weekend. So tell me his big wins. Tell me, tell me Bowen's big wins. Okay. Um, Hidley's big wins are um, Dupre, Darmstadt, and Luhan. Luhan's big wins are Bolin, Venz, times two. And he's got some other nice but not spectacular wins. Right. Venz, no bad losses and has a win over Dupre and Darmstadt. And he gave Zahid all he wanted. Remember that? He did. He did. This is one of those weight classes where you're going to find guys where, again, it's that A, B, to B, 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 C, C, Yeah, you can't can't choose a number two, really, except for I do agree that Bolin is – Appropriately ranked number two, 100%. but I'm not saying that he's the number two best guy in the you know, right. Wait, I, honestly, if I was to uh, dollars to dollars, I, I, I if I had to bet, I, I would say Hidley, depending on draw, is the guy that that makes the finals as long as he's opposite side. You know, that's so just that's Dupre, just my gut. Dupre's got more losses than any of these guys. He just took a loss to Chris Weiler from Lehigh. Lehigh. The guy that you know, that guy seems like he's been around forever. Right, <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure. Like, he's... Uh, Chris Weiler and uh, Jacobson, Jake Jacobson, or whatever. Yeah. They've been around forever, literally. But does Dupre not have the best wins? He's beaten Hidley. He destroyed Bonacorsi. Destroyed him. Oh yeah. Beat Vens and Darmstadt. Those are all Dupre great wins. Dupre might have some of the best wins. Those are all great wins. But he's got. He's taken got... some serious losses. Who's his too? five losses? Okay, well, um, he lost to um, Bolin. Mm-hmm. He lost to Hidley. Mm-hmm. He lost to um, Vans. No, he's got a win over. Uh, Vans got a win over. Yeah, he's lost to Vans. Mm-hmm. So he's got five losses. Yeah, those are it. Oh, uh, you named off five. I didn't realize you named off five. It's okay. Um, it's okay. Uh, look, Louis Dupre is a bad dude, man, and I love watching him wrestle. He's another guy that can be inconsistent at times. I thought he was going to All American last year. He didn't get on the podium last he year. He lost to Preach in the round of twelve. Correct. Uh, so he's lost to Weiler. I forgot about Weiler. Okay. And then he lost to Bolin, Benz, mm-hmm. Zahid, mm-hmm. and Hidley. Okay. So honestly, so, there's really outside the Weiler. Weiler is the head scratcher. That's the that's that's the only head scratching loss. And he, even Weiler. I mean, Weiler's what twenty fourth, ranked twenty fourth. I think Weiler's had some decent wins in his career. This weight class is going to be so fun to watch, and so much. There's going to be so much emphasis and so much importance on seeding and draws. Get away from Zahid. Get absolutely. If, if any one of these guys gets, every one of these guys that gets away from Zahid has a chance to make the finals. I would agree with that. But anyone that is on Zahid's side does not. Then you throw in, like we said earlier, Aaron Brooks. You know, oh he's God. that's that's a guy How right good there. Is that he? You you we'll see. You know, he's kind of the, uh, the the I don't know what, what would you call it the uh, uh, I don't that the wild card. He's kind of wild card. <laughs> yeah, here, he is. You know, and then you've also got some other good freshmen, Zach Bronagle from Illinois. Freshman, yeah. 13 and 5, really good. This weight class is going to be so fun to watch. And look, I don't care how bad Bonacorsi lost to Dupre. Bonacorsi is a guy that when he's on, he's on, and he goes and goes and goes and has attacks for days. I know. And then and then Abasad's still there. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not penciling in Abasad as an All American, but he certainly is going to have something to say. So who would you pick as number two right now? I'm still sticking with Hidley. <laughs> Think Dupre. All right. And he's 16 and 5. All right. All it doesn't right. make any sense. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Let's, I like Dupre's wins. 133, okay? I think 133 is really interesting because it's unlike many years where 133 is basically 15 deep and the Big Ten is an absolute meat grinder. You know, outside of your, I would say outside of your top four, yeah. uh, Seth Gross, DeSanto, Sebastian Rivera, Roma Bravo Young, you know, there's a little bit of drop-off after that. Chaz Tucker is really good. He's undefeated. He's Montoya Bridges, Pletcher. really good. Pletcher's, or Bridges has been on the podium. Been on the podium. The, Mickey Phillip, he takes that drop from losing that match to... Uh, um, we talked about it earlier. Oh, Alvarez, to, to Alvarez, Alvarez Sammy yeah. Alvarez. Um, so the weight class is definitely 
taken some attrition via graduation and Olympic red shirts. Dayton Fix. Um, and who else is? Is there anybody else? Uh, uh, yeah, Dayton Fix. Uh, Seth or Suriano. Or not, not Seth Grove. Suriano. Suriano. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the, the interesting thing about this man is again. Roman Bravo Young in this weight class with these guys, two things. One, can he hang physically and, you know, uh, at the pace with DeSanto? If he can, he's in that match all day. Two, can he um, can he? They wrestled it? twice, right? Right. And DeSanto's beaten them both, but the first one was a blowout. The second one was much closer. Much closer. And then can, you also, can he also navigate the funkiness, the leverage, and the height um, of Seth Gross? He's super talented, super quick. His reattacks. I remember last year. Oh my goodness! Pletcherwood wrestling. Yeah. Do some sort of half shot, and then his reattack. I mean, it was always yeah. crazy great. And he was able to scramble with them too, and mm-hmm. able to get out. That's the key. Is he going to be able to do enough? Is he going to hit? See, he didn't hit Sebastian, so he didn't have an opportunity. What he needs to do is, I think, you need to be opposite sides of Gross because I think out of any of these people, he matches up the worst with Gross because Gross is going to be able to slow the match down, and. Um, Roman Bravo Young wants to wrestle at a high pace. Mm-hmm. If Gross can slow him down and then ride him for a little bit, get a takedown and ride, that's going to take him out of his game plan. I think he matches up much better with Rivera and DeSanto, and that's why I wanted to see the Rivera Roman Bravo Young match. I'm not saying that Rivera ducked him because, like I said, no. I know he, I know he's he's got other aspirations, but it's unfortunate because Roman Bravo Young was robbed of an, uh, a chance to. Uh, climb up in the ranking. Well, and honestly, Ben, when you look at matchups and styles, I think Sebastian Rivera and Roman Bravo Young is one of the most that Woo! would be a, a very anticipated match for you and one of the I most one, a, a very fun match to watch because they are both they have multiple attacks. They're just super fun to watch. I got to ask you though, they're one and one in the season. Seth Gross, Austin Santo. <laughs> when it's all done, assuming they both make the finals. Who are you picking, man? It all depends on who. Okay, so who am I picking? I'm picking. <sighs> Shit, I'm gonna pussy out and go gross. It's okay, but I want to pick DeSanto. Why is it? That's not a bad pick. I want to pick I mean... DeSanto, but I think that when DeSanto won the match, he was able to um, not get taken. He, gross didn't get on top until the end, like until like the third period, really, and that's when Gross was able to kind of ride him out. He didn't turn him though. So Gross, if Gross takes him down early. He can shorten that matchup because he's going to ride the shit out of him. And he's going to take away DeSanto where he's best at. DeSanto's on his feet is where he's best at. DeSanto was able to win the match because he took him down three times. Three times, three different attacks. Right. He's not going to be able to do that if Gross gets a takedown early in the first or any time in the first and rides him out. And then it really shortens the match. It shortens the match by almost two minutes. The great thing is we have the potential to watch them. Who do you like? Two more times, right? Big Tens and NCAAs. Because do they wrestle a duel? I don't think Iowa wrestles Wisconsin this year. They already did. Didn't they? No, they met in the Midland Finals. Oh, it no, was, they yeah, do. The yeah, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Honestly, Ben, I'm going to go with DeSanto. And the reason I know I want to pick him. And the reason that is, and I don't know how to say this any other way, and, and I, I don't mean any disrespect by it at all. Like you always say to me when it comes to golf and putting, I think Austin DeSanto, <laughs> he is too stupid. To lose that match, like he, not too stupid, but you know, he just he just doesn't he care. doesn't care. He, he doesn't, doesn't know. He doesn't understand that he doesn't he's supposed to lose. Yeah, that he's supposed to lose. And you know what? He is going to go one hundred percent for an entire seven minutes. And I don't think Seth Groats gets an early takedown on him. I think DeSanto has a better chance of getting an early takedown on him. And I think once that happens, and you get into a close match in the third period, 
if, if it comes down to the third match and a, and a takedown to win it and a tie match, uh, I, DeSanto has the edge. Right, DeSanto's got the ability got to go get edge. one. Absolutely. Gross didn't look like he had the ability to get He can't get, get ridden for riding time. He's got to get out, and he can't get turned. Right. The problem is we're forgetting about a guy like Sebastian Rivera who's beaten Spencer Lee twice, who honestly had Seth Gross beat and look better than him at the, at the Midlands mm-hmm. tournament in the semifinals. Gross hit him for six and a lat drop was the only reason why Gross won. So and don't count out Mickey Phillippe, man. Like, Mickey Phillippe beat, beat Dayton Fix already. last year. He beat Dayton Fix, right? So I mean, look again. It, it may be a little uh, this way cuts me to be a little thinned out this year, but it's going to be interesting. I think Chaz Tucker could be a little bit of a darling. You think so? He's senior, never gotten on the podium. Um, he's nineteen and zero right now, and I tell you what, he's got some. Throughout his career, he's had some really nice wins. You know, including beating, including keeping uh, what's his name from being able to go 33 last year on the same team. What's the their 25 pounder? Um, he's in Olympic red shirt this year. He just beat uh, Suriano at um, oh Arujao. Arujao, yeah, Vito Arujao. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's he basically said Arujao, you're not taking my spot. I mean Chas Tucker. Well, I think Arujao wanted to go 125. Arujao started at 33 and Chas Tucker beat him. But I thought that's where Arujao wanted to go. I don't know. We don't. Arugia doesn't I don't, look like all he I know. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But Arugia is wrestling fifty-seven kilograms. Yeah. <laughs> um, Interesting. You know who just came out of, or who we, you know, we just saw a sighting was Joy Silva from Michigan. You dude, know, dude, still around Michigan? Yeah, he's he, he just wrestled. He's going to start for them at one thirty-three. Really? Yeah. He just um, here. Hold on, real quick. Can we get a rematch between Silva and uh, Rail Woods? Oh, Rail Woods, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it be? Yeah, he's going thirty-three. He's one and zero with a. Uh, 7-2 win over Garrett Peppel, who's not a bad wrestler from Michigan State. Transferred from, uh, I believe he's a transfer from Indiana. Isn't he? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not. I, I'm not sure. Look, um, look that's, a, that's great for Joey Silva and great hey, for Michigan. Great for Joey Silva was always fun to watch in high school. Um, I need to see something. I need to see some more um, before I start to get too excited. But he was one of those guys that I, I, th- I really hoped Ohio State would have got coming out of high school. I know. Let's go to heavyweight. Let's, oh, let's you want to go heavyweight? Way. All right, you have to be scrolling, dog. I mean, come on, we don't need to go in order all the time. We talk about no, I, I love it. I we love talk it. about landscape changing. Let's think about heavyweight. For one, Gable's changing. out all first half of the season. Gable comes back. Gable who? Stevenson. 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 No, no, stop, no, Stevenson. Stop getting on us with our uh, Midwest accents, Stevenson. <laughs> Stevenson. Nah. Um, Gable comes back. Kassar's out. Mason Paris is looking great, as is Cassiope from Iowa. Paris oh. looking not only great, but big. They say he's 255. Mason Paris. Ooh, buddy. It's a big boy. I'm excited about him. Big boy and athletic, just like Gable. <sighs> Gable going to beat him, though. You think so? Yeah. Gable ain't going to be touched. You don't think so? <laughs> I just watched him destroy Trent Hilger. <laughs> Good point. I, uh, I remember last year he was destroying people. Remember what he did to that oh. Michigan dude shoving his head in the mat, all, like my. flexing on him? That was, I think, the Rutgers dude. Oh, it was the Michigan dude? I th- not Michigan. Michigan was uh, not Michigan. Who was that? I think it was Rutgers. Was it Rutgers? Yeah. Yeah. All flexing on him. Oh, you remember when he ran up against that one dude from Penn State? Yeah, I'm aware. I'm kidding. But he just beat the hell out of Trent Hilger, and his reattacks looked amazing. He took down a really big. Trent Hilger is a big guy that can ride and is a good heavyweight. Oh, he, he can turn too. Heavyweight. Yeah. Look, I, I get and it. Stevenson whipped him. Gable has got to be the favorite. I don't think there's anybody that's going to disagree with that. But the top three, top four, top five, six heavyweights. These are some really good heavyweights this year, man. I and oh, I am excellent. very much looking forward to Cassiope against Gable, Paris against Gable, Cassiope against Paris. I think those are going to be real fun matches to watch. Hey, what's that guy's from Harvard's name? Uh, the one that beat uh, he just beat Hoka, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, he's he's had a couple wins. This yeah, year. yeah. What is his name? 
Why don't you tell me his name? Well, uh, he's not from around here, I don't believe. <laughs> it's a very complicated name. You're I'm just going to go with Slavakuski. 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 He's a freshman. He's actually having a pretty good year. 17 and 7. <laughs> he's got some nice wins. Yeah, but I mean, you got guys like Hokett all the way down at 13, and that guy's, I, I, I think that guy's gonna, got a really good chance to make the podium. I, Seth Neville's down at 23. Look at what, so, what's so fascinating about Hokett is that he's 13 and 3. He's wrestled some really good competition at really big events, and he's only been on the wrestling mat for probably about a month and a half. Watch out for that guy. Okay, just like he did last year. I'm, I think that he's, he's a top eight guy, in my opinion. Talk to me about Seth Neville's. What? I just don't know. No, I don't know a bunch about him except for I know that he was a huge recruit, and I know that he's got the um, he's got the more traditional heavyweight body style. I think than than the guys. Like, oh, you mean like his brother Nick? Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. Um, hey, Gary Traub's ranked. Anyways, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gas thing, Gary. I, I don't know enough about Seth to really give you an honest opinion about him, except for the, from what I've heard is that I think that he's probably. Um, gonna produce. He's gonna produce well for him. I don't think he's. He's. He hasn't been tested yet. Doesn't he only have two matches? Uh, he's eight. No, he's got eight matches on the year. Oh, yeah, he's wrestled two in Matt Town. He's wrestled in Wilkes. And he wrestled in two duels. Um, yeah, eight. No, I mean, but from a score perspective, he's scoring a lot of points in some matches. He's keeping guys from scoring points. It's my understanding he's the best of all the Neville's brothers. I think he only had again one loss in high school last year. He had a really impressive. Season last year, yeah, in, it went sixteen and one, right? Uh, he was sixteen and one. The only loss again, nine to seven, to Demetrius Thomas. Thomas, who was twenty-seven and six last year, should have been an All-American. I think he lost in the round of uh, twelve, if I'm not mistaken. And again, that win over Hamida last year was very impressive because the year he before didn't that, in the round of twelve, but go ahead. Uh, the year before that, Hamida pinned him in two thousand and eighteen. So, I'm, gosh, what's his ceiling? Uh, let's look at the rankings. I think he could probably, I mean, he lost close to Demetrius Thomas, who's ranked to eighth. Heavyweight's pretty solid, though. Stevenson's awesome. Paris is great. Cassiope's really proven right now. Oh, he's good. Stencil is All-American last year. He beat Paris, I think, to All-American. And Hilger's been All-American last year. Tanner Hall's been third. He's been as high as three. So I think it's going to be hard for him to jump in there because you got guys like Hokit. How about Jordan Wood? Didn't he take and Jordan Wood last year? Yeah. All the way down at around you know nine or ten in the right. rankings, four so losses I, on the I year. I think it's going to be hard for Neville to All-American. But th- I don't think that's necessarily based on his skill level is, is how how there's so much parity. It, well, I think Draw's going to play a play a big um, factor in heavyweight. Exactly, but... Uh, He's an unknown. We don't know what his capabilities are against top-level D1 competition right now outside of two matches, outside of a couple of matches the last couple of years. The great thing is we're going into the Big Ten dual season. Half of these guys ranked in the top ten, maybe even more than half, Minnesota, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin. Yeah, so quite a few guys are ranked in the top ten from the Big Ten. He's going to have a chance to prove himself. I'm, I'm interested. Taking, I'm taking Gary, guessing Gary over him, though. Are you really? No. All right. You want to make a little bet on that? No. All right. All you pick right. a weight class, my man. Where are we going? Oh, God. I, I, I don't even know. I didn't know we were going to continue to go on. Let's 57, do it. 57, 65. Um, let's go 65. Okay. I think that we both picked. I picked Joseph. You picked the bull. Anything changed since then for you? No. 
I'm not sure there's been a huge shift actually at 65. I think that's the one way class has probably not seen a significant amount of shift. The, um, they've got a really good top heavy lineup of top mm-hmm. seven dudes, right? The only thing I will say is super huge recruit for Oklahoma State. Travis Whitlake is having a, a fantastic season. He's doing what people didn't think he would be able to do. Year. And he had a great year last year in red shirt. He had a really good year. This year he's 16-1. and one. Um, I believe uh, his only loss was at the scuffle where he finished third. I can't he lost to Shane lost Griffith. To yeah, Shane Griffith. Uh, Who's having he, a great he year gave him a match, if I'm not mistaken. Four right? to one. Four to one. Um, so I think Travis Whitlake is going to be somebody fun to watch to see how he's going to be able to compete yeah. against these. He beat Joe Lee. Yeah. He beat um, uh, Tra- Thomas Bullard. Uh, yeah, he's got some. He's got some decent wins. So I, I think he's one to watch to see how he does against these upperclassmen that are ranked ahead of him. Um, definitely a fun one to watch out for. All right, my man. You but got, I'm still going to bull. You got another weight? 41. I think there has been a little bit of change here. Um, I think we all knew. How about a big props to Tristan Moran on the weekend he had? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Go ahead. Good, Talk, no, go good ahead. point. I, Tristan Moran, I'm... Uh, I watched him wrestle, and I, you know, it's interesting to watch him wrestle. He relies a lot on people getting in on his legs, especially on head outsides, and trying to sit the corner and putting cradles on. And that's what he did against Trad Red twice um, when he was down big and almost decked him. And then he also beat, beat Mitch McKee with some great scrambling. Tristan Moran is a guy that's been a little um, inconsistent since he transferred from Oklahoma State, where he wasn't a starter. Um, he beat. He's got. All of the goods. He beat, beat a guy Lee like Nick year, Lee last year. him on his back a ton. Yeah, he beat Nick Lee, but then he ended up losing to him later on. Didn't end up getting on the podium. Um, it's going to be a real deep weight, but I think he's got a shot to do it this year. Him and I'll tell you who, Josh Hiles really impressed me, and Real Woods. Um, he, you know, Real Woods hasn't seen a ton of action, but he, he, he dominated the scuffle. I, I can't believe how bad he beat um, um, Jafeller or Gefeller. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, th- there's definitely been some uh, – Dom Demas was your number one ranked guy at the start of the year, and he's taken some losses. Uh, Lou Pletcher has really come on to, to an extent that when we made these original picks, we didn't expect, I don't think. I think it was hard to – I think it was be, would be hard to to have expected what Lou Pletcher was going to do at the Cliff King tournament when he mm-hmm. beat the hell mm-hmm. out of Mitch McKee and um, Chad Red. Right. Um, so I think there has been a little bit of change here. Before, I thought Nick Lee was definitely – was, was a really solid chance to win it. Right now I'm going 50-50, like I said earlier, with Pletcher and Lee. But that's maybe a little bit disrespectful to a guy like Dom Demas who had some losses last year and showed out at the NCAA tournament. Um, and a guy like Real Woods who's yeah. a freshman who definitely has a, chance, has a possibility to win it, in my opinion. All right, so Real Woods is, is the, man, the, man, the man, in my opinion, that's shaking up this weight class, okay? Yeah. We knew he was good, all right? Look, in two years – between his redshirt year last year and this year, he is 34-2. and two. His only two losses was this year a 3-1 to one exciting sudden Woo, victory loss to Luke Pletcher, where Pletcher actually came out on top in a, an amazing scramble to win that match. Last year in redshirt, he lost a very, very tough-fought match, I believe, at the Southern Scuffle to Nick Lee, 6-3. to three. I think... A match this year between Nick Lee and Real Woods would be one of the most exciting matches to watch at this weight class. I really want to see it. Real Woods I really hope we see it. has a pace. He's got a tax. He scrambles great. He's quick. He competes. And he is the real deal. Look, this year he's got wins over Sedarian Perry. All-American. He's got a, the close loss to uh, to Luke Pletcher. Um, he's got a win over uh, uh, Zach Sherman, who's 19-3 and three from North Carolina at this weight class. Sherman's great. Yeah, he pounded 
Evan Sheik twelve to three, and we were just talking about Evan Sheik earlier, right? With uh, EWL champ a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, again, the win over Gefeller. I mean, it wasn't just a win; he dominated him. Real Woods, real deal. And honestly, the rest of the season is going to be a coast for Real Woods, so he could potentially go into the post to the NCAA championships with one loss. Oh, and by the way, he's going to be that the could seed. be the two seed right there, and that will be huge. He's going to be the two seed because he's already got one loss. But my guess would be in Pletcher and Lee will, uh, depending on if they split or if they, if one wins both of them, will be the one seed. I, I could see that. Well, exactly. I know I could absolutely see that. He might be the yeah. three seed if Pletcher's the two, if Nick Lee beats Pletcher twice. Yeah, that would be the only way. But Pletcher, Pletcher would have two. two losses. Real Woods would have one. But Pletcher has a head to head. Exactly. Two, yeah. Three. Yeah. So either way, Real Woods is is a guy who has every much the chance to not only make the finals, he could actually win this weight class, Ben. Um, I think that Pletcher, Lee, Woods, and Demas could all win it. I'm not counting out Demas, man. You counting out Mitchum Key? Not counting him out, but I just I, the way I watched him get beat by Moran and then, and then um, uh, the, what I saw Pletcher do to him, it was – I mean, Pletcher majored him, I think. So – Okay. Um, all right, so again, another fun weight class to, to watch. I don't think, in my opinion, much has changed at 174. Mark Hall, Jordan Cutler, Michael Kimmer, obviously the Lighty. top three guys. Lighty has really I shaken his weight class I think Lighty's been the up. guy that's probably been the most impressive. He just took a loss to Kemmerer, 8-4, to four, and that kind of showed you, I think, more. I, I think it showed you more about where Kemmerer's at and less about where Lighty's at. Because we know where Lighty's at. Lighty's been great. Um um, Lighty's beaten, I think, a Labriola this year, and but uh, I think Lighty's really shaking his weight up. He definitely wasn't. He definitely wasn't uh, ranked over Styart, Labriola, Skatska before the year, and he is now. No, I, I can't disagree with you at all, man. And honestly, the only thing I would say is I think a win like that, or not, not a win like that, but that loss against Kimmer eight to four. Um, I think it actually shows you more, in my opinion, where Lighty is at. Michael okay. Kimmer is legit as legit could be at this weight class. I've picked him to win this weight class. And for Lighty to go out there and battle like that, even though he lost, to me it shows him that he has really jumped a ton. And he could be a guy that catches fire and who knows what happens. He's a guy that could beat a Jordan Cutler, in my opinion. Okay, he, Lighty I, could make the finals. He, he, he definitely can. I don't think he's going to beat Mark Hall. I don't think he's going to beat Kimmer. <laughs> okay. 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 But – Anything can happen. It just shows that, look, this guy is getting on the podium this year. I want him to. He's getting on the he's podium. He's a multiple-time round of 12 guy. Other than that, I think the only one left that we haven't really talked about, because uh, I don't think much has changed at 197 um, uh, and 157. I think 157 is what we thought it was going to be. It's going to be a very exciting weight class to watch. I'm still on the Deacon train. Well, Deacon's been dominant. Deacon just beat uh, um, uh, Kendall Coleman 14-0. to And uh, uh, Caleb Young's beaten him like 4-3 and in like an overtime. Yeah, Deacon. Deacon dominated Hidley. He did. I mean, he really did when Deacon's they wrestled. The man, baby. Deacon. Deacon could walk to a title this year. He could walk to a title. That's this crazy year. to think, especially when you got a guy like Hayden Hidley right there. Who Hidley, Carr, Young. You got the old guards and the young vets in here, or the, the old guards and the young guys in there, um, like with Coleman and Quincy and uh, Bergy and um, Carr. One twenty-five. I don't think there's much going on no. there, right? I mean, that's... Now, I will tell you something that is going on. At 197, Noah Adams. West Virginia. All right. He's 22-0, ranked number two. Who is that dude? 
Well, for one, he was actually a, a very high. He was a very good right. recruit coming out of high school. He had a great freshman season. I think he redshirted last year. He had a really good freshman season. You know, obviously didn't get on the podium this year. He's twenty-two and zero, and he's got some pretty good wins. Won the scuffle as well. I think Darmstadt's your number two. Now that he's back up at ninety-seven, I just I can't do it. We'll see. I can't do it. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see, my man. All right. Anything else? Woo, baby. Love it. This is the good time of the year that we all love. All right, that's all we got for you. We went a little long, as always. Um, That's the Inside Chip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 108. Don't wind up on your back, bro.